Hey, Kevin Draves here with The Howl for Diamond Box Bluetooth Speakers. I got to tell you, I play basketball at the gym down the road for me all the time. And sometimes I go late at night. I bring my Diamond Box. And now they're introducing three new systems. The new L2, XL2, and M2 all feature stereo sound by themselves or split stereo sound with wireless syncing of two units for a live sound experience. Loud enough for any environment. And I kid you not, you could play this at low volume and you'll hear it in any room of your house. This is the most powerful Bluetooth boombox speaker on the market today. Check them out on Twitter at Diamond Box Co. That's box with two X's, Diamond Box Co. Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Happy 2019 from the den. It may be a new year, but you are still listening to the best in the world, The Howl. We would like to welcome you if this is your first time or if you're a regular listener to the Nothing But Net channel here on Dash Radio. Nothing But Net is a channel like no other featuring all teams and all topics from everybody's favorite sport, basketball. The Howl is brought to you by our wonderful supporting partners, Rhymesayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme, Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. All audio equipment on The Howl is brought to you by Rode Microphones, studio quality with easy accessibility since 1973. All right, so now it is time for Mock Draft 4.0. Mocks are coming more fast and furious since we are about uh, 10 days away from the actual draft taking place. So it's really uh, coming under the gun here. So this is where you're starting to see uh, more news get leaked team to team. So when you see people's mock drafts out there, whether it's the ones from Draft Express, ESPN, whether it's tidbits from Adrian Wojnarowski, guys like Sam Vecini, there's a lot of information out there. Local guys, John Krasinski, Darren Wolfson, will definitely be sending out stuff uh, more frequently now in terms of workouts, maybe how some of those workouts go. 
we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. Obviously, now that Tom Thibodeau's gone, we don't really know what kind of uh, leaking we will see from the Timberwolves organization. But with Ryan Saunders at the helm, uh, if he's anything like his father, he's probably a little more loose-lipped, uh, would be my guess. What do you think, Kevin? Do you think we'll probably hear more stuff out of the camp? Yeah, I think I think the the days of the iron seal, if you will, that we had under Thibodeau, where nothing was getting, you know, really reported, and and Tibbs wanted his guys, and and you know kept quiet on everybody. Um, by comparison, Ryan will have the loosest lips in NBA history, but that's not to say that he's going to be incredibly loose lipped about it. Um, I can see, uh, you know. A couple, a couple, maybe day of news and noteworthy stuff to look out for, but I don't one hundred percent believe that we're going to have a for sure answer until the uh, until the pick is in. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be some time before you really know uh, what's actually going to happen. But I think we'll see. We'll st- we'll probably see more information than we would have in the past. So before we get into your mock, Rob, uh, a two part question for you. Uh, do you think we'll see a lot of trades this year in the in the NBA draft? And are we going to see one on the level at the time? Now, I know you're going to bug me for this, but of what the Jimmy Butler trade was uh, when it was made. Like that, that kind of like a, a, a top 15 NBA player getting moved on draft night. Do you think that's something nah, that we might see? The only team, the only player that you'd maybe see that from would be well, I guess it depends on your view of, uh, of certain players, of course. But Anthony Davis is probably the only name that it could happen with, but I don't know that's likely because I know they want to try to pair up Zion Williamson. So we'll see if they, if they hold fast. I will say it's easier to trade some of these guys on draft night when a team can take who they want. Because just because you think a guy – like just because let's say, the, let's say you're the Pelicans and you're like, okay, the Lakers, they want whoever. Now, I guess in this case, the Pelicans aren't trading the first pick. So um, – but if you're the if you're the Pelicans, and you're saying to yourself, okay, these are the guys we kind of want, where the Lakers are picking at four, uh, do the Lakers know that? The problem you run into is you'd probably have to trade it before. So if there is going to be a trade, I think the teams you look out for would be like Pelicans and Lakers. Yep. Uh, whether it's now another team that's probably in the mix to trade their pick, not necessarily for a big name player, would be uh, a team like the Suns if they were to trade their point guard. The the issue would be uh, a team like let's say the team like the Wolves if. You know, there's the reports that the Suns want a veteran point guard. Do the Wolves come and call in and say, Jeff Teague in 11 for number six? That's one option. Uh, the other option would be uh, something we're going to talk about later in the show, but you look at a guy like D'Angelo Russell. When is that going to happen if, if, if things happen with him? Now, that can't happen draft night because he's not under contract, but there's just names out there, and so I do think there, there's a possibility that something uh, could go down on draft night. I just think if a big name, it would probably be the likes of Anthony Davis. We've already seen one trade uh, happen before the draft here, and that was uh, uh, the Brooklyn Nets trading Alan Crabb in the number 17 overall, as well as a future first round to Atlanta for Torian Prince and a second rounder. Uh, the Hawks wanting to use their cap space uh, to pick up some uh, some more draft picks, and the Nets using their draft picks to pick up more cap space. So kind of a, a flip-flop there, if you will, but... Uh, uh, definitely can see some more draft uh, draft day trades happening. Now, there was one, it was a little far-fetched, Rob, but I kind of wanted to run it by you, and it was a three-team trade involving the Lakers, the Pelicans, and the Bulls. Uh, and basically, the, the final result was the Pelicans would end up 
with the Bulls pick and the Lakers pick, as well as Kuzma. And then the Lakers would end up with Anthony Davis, and the Bulls would end up with the number one overall pick. Wait, what? Say, say, so how? what are the Bulls giving up to get the one? They're giving up the seven and then another player. I, I mean, it's that's that's the thing. So they're basically they're giving up seven to take. Oh, and the Bulls would receive Lonzo Ball as part of the deal. The Lakers are trying to move him as part of that that trade as well. Why would first of all the Pelicans wouldn't do it? They're not trading the number one pick no matter what. I mean, so there's there's just no chance Even it happens. That's some fo- like four seven and Kuzma. No, there's no chance. No, because four and seven and Kuzma together aren't as good as Zion Williamson. At least on, I mean, it just doesn't. That doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. If you're going to trade Anthony Davis, because think about this: you're you're now now you're talking about I'm going to trade. Because wait, now Anthony Davis goes to Lakers in that deal, yeah. right? So I'm going to give up Zion Williamson and Anthony Davis in that deal. So think about that: you're basically trading Zion Williamson and Anthony Davis for the four and the seven. I mean, you would do that. Yeah, you feel bad now that you brought it up, don't you? Hush, Rob. <laughs> Hush. All right. That's a bad deal, though, for them. But it's a great deal if you're it the was, Bulls. It was one that I had heard on Fox Sports Radio. And it Fox was, Sports Chicago, probably, I'm guessing? It was not. It was actually oh. a, a team out in L, or a L.A. show, I believe, because it was super Oh, well, night. I guess that, yeah, maybe they don't. I mean, yeah, I'm sure they're more than willing to trade with Zion Williamson yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into our uh, the mock draft here. So I have pulled up uh, Sam Vicenny's mock draft from The Athletic. We're going to match that up against Rob's and kind of see – um, who's thinking what, and uh, and a little bit of why too. So obviously, number one overall, Zion Williamson to the Pelicans. This is a no-brainer. Um, it's basically a lock when you look at it. Twenty-two point six points, eight point nine rebounds, two point one assists, two point one steals, and one point eight blocks per game, while shooting sixty-eight percent from the field. Uh, this is a no-brainer. Yep. I mean, there's, it's just it's it is what you know. What I mean, it's it is what it is. That's, yeah. that's the pick. It's, it's it's set in stone. You might as well already deliver hand deliver the note to Adam Silver so he can call it thirty seconds into the beginning of draft night. Uh, number two, uh, and I think this one is probably, in my opinion, just as much of a lock as Zion at number one. I don't know about you, Rob. Yep, I agree. Uh, John Morant, the yep. guard from Murray State. Yep, I think it's a lock. Makes a lot of sense. It's funny. I was looking over preseason mocks from uh, I think it was Bleacher Report and a couple others and John Morant you're talking about a guy that was more in that like 10 to 15 or 15 to 20 range and now you're talking about how he's well, a surefire guy we can both agree too. that his NCAA tournament definitely helped yep. him stock uh, surprisingly too preseason no one thought Zion Williamson would be as good as he is he was not number one really you see uh, like John was Morant was up there Nasir Little Cam, were guys that were high RJ. up but Zion Williamson was a few picks back so uh, very interesting how, how things can change that quickly. You know, if you're, if you're a player, I mean, that just, that just shows you how, how good he was to, to jump up to this surefire thing when preseason, you know, not that he was a bad pick at that point. I mean, everyone thought he was going to be really good, but, but no one really predicted this level of dominance going into the season, at least not that, I, not that I'm aware of. So now Mike Conley's still on the uh, Grizzlies, isn't he? Mike Conley is still on the Grizzlies. Uh, actually, and actually, going back to your original point, that would be a name that wouldn't surprise me if he gets moved to a team, you know, whether it's, you know, some people have talked about the Suns. We talked about the Suns being yep. a trade. But if you're the Suns, do you really want to take on that, that big contract? Well, Especially that's, that's when you're not thing, getting a yeah. pick. Yep. 
So if you look at it from a value, a value standpoint, if you're the Suns, would you rather take on Jeff Teague in 11 or would you rather take on just that giant contract? And lose your number one, your first round pick. That's, that's what I'm saying. I don't, that to me, that's crazy. Yeah. I, now, I, personally, I think that the way they're going about it is a little goofy. I, I think if I was a, a fan of the Suns, I would want them to just take Kobe White or like Darius Garland if he slips, or, or a point guard. But I get having a lot of – they have so much young talent see, Yeah, there. I can see where they're coming from. Having so, a veteran I get point that. guard, you've got to have somebody that can run that team. But I, my, me personally, I would rather have 11 and 6 – or sorry, 11 and Teague than I would ha- having to uh, take on that massive contract. Let me ask you this. Take the draft pick that the Wolves would give back out of it. So Jeff Teague, Mike Conley – who would you rather have running well, you, your team? But that's stupid because no, no, no. But I'm, it, I'm just asking. It's I, not. I mean, if you took literally all the other factors out, you you'd want Mike Conley. But they, those are those factors are but there. It's basically, it's the draft pick that's kind of helping but, to push yeah. it over the edge. You know, and that's the thing about Jeff Teague. He's an expiring contract. He makes only twenty million, and so you have options. And then you can, if you if it goes well, you can resign him, yeah. and you're going to resign him for a lot less than the thirty-five million. I, I fully agree with you. I'm yeah. just asking the question to ask the question. It's just too much. That's too much money for me. Uh, I don't know that it's worth it. I could. I mean, w- will they do it? Maybe. I know another team that's popped up in terms of the. I guess you call it the Mike Conley sweepstakes. Some people talked about the Jazz being a team that would maybe look Pushing to do something Ricky like that. Rubio out. Yeah, because they've already said that they're not invested in Rubio. Well, and and from what I've heard on that, um, I've heard it corrected because it was basically translated from a uh, Spanish newspaper. Is that? The Jazz still want Ricky, but they have other areas they need to focus in re-signing. First. That's what I mean. He's not the top priority, yeah, which means exactly. other teams can swoop in. A team like the Wolves, for example, makes a lot of sense. He's really good friends with Ryan. He obviously has a previous relationship with Towns, Wiggins. Nope. You know, that's a team. I think the Wolves are a team to watch for and if the they want to th- go The that one route. thing that I've said for a really long time is this team does not need a shoot-first point guard. Correct. We need a pass-first point guard with all of our talent on this team. Ricky Rubio fits that bill, whether you like him or not, whether you think he can shoot or not. Ricky fits the bill as a pass-first point guard with an incredible floor IQ and ability to find gaps that nobody else can see. Yeah, his, his vision is second to none. Yes. I, to me, it makes a ton of sense. Uh, moving on, number three, and I think this one's almost as much of a lock as number two, which is almost as much of a lock as number one. At least from what I've heard, the New York Knicks on the clock take 6-7 wing from Duke, R.J. Barrett. Uh, from what I've heard, uh, the Knicks are the only team that Barrett has worked out for so far and the only team he wants to work out for. I mean, there's no reason for him to work out for anyone else. That's just it. I mean, that's where he's going to go. I'd be, I mean, if he, if he didn't get taken there, I would be shocked. I mean, what, what are they going to do? Uh, would they maybe is there is there always an outside opportunity for them to trade? I saw someone talking about how the the Hawks should trade up with their picks to get him, and I my thing is sorry that's not happening. Like you're not going to have that option to do that. I, I so I, to me it's a it's kind of a moot point, just because it, it's not going to happen. You're the, there's no reason for the Knicks to trade that franchise changing player, which I think R.J. Barrett could be for eight and ten, where it's more of a crapshoot. Well, and Sam Vicenti says here that uh, um, it'd be a surprise to see him fall past number three. He guess the Knicks end up being the ones to make the choice, but it's not open and shut. So, And he's also talking about how the Knicks could be maybe the one team to pry Anthony Davis away from 
the Pelicans and offering up that number three spot potentially. Wait, say that. Say that. So you think if they were to go after a Anthony Davis trade, yeah, that's another team we didn't mention, but I think it makes sense. Yeah. So he says uh, the Knicks are thought around the league to be open to trade discussions involving the number three pick. They obviously will be in the mix for Anthony Davis, and they're trying to determine what deals are potentially out on the market. Um, but it's also worth noting if Davis is the fish they acquire. They cannot acquire them and use two max cap spaces after. They need to use the two max cap spots first, Correct. then acquire him due to the salary cap. Correct. Which is why, I mean, it could be one of those things very similar to the Kevin Love and Andrew Wiggins trade, you know, where it just doesn't happen right away. Yep. Uh, that could be part of it, too. I will say, if you're going to, what a great idea that is, you're going to pair R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson, you know, former teammates at Duke, together. I mean, why not? Yeah. Talk about chemistry out the gate. You're changing a team around as much like the Pelicans will be here. Why not have a couple guys that have played together for for a season already under their belt? Uh, Number four, the Los Angeles Lakers on the clock. Uh, Sam Vicente has them taking uh, 6'2 guard from Vanderbilt, Darius Garland. Yep, I'm the same way. I think Darius Garland's the one that's going to go here. Makes a lot of sense. I have seen other names. I I saw some people thinking possibly like a DeAndre Hunter, for example, is another guy that people have mentioned. Uh, but I don't think that makes sense. I think Darius Garland, granted he you know he was injured most of the season, so you didn't get to really see everything from him. But I still think he's there's a good argument that he's the best player available. But I think he's also a really good fit. He could play with Lonzo Ball, for example. He's the same agent as LeBron James. There's lots of reasons to like him. So so let me ask you this: What happens then if they take Garland? What happens to Lonzo? I mean, they can play together. That's a non-issue, I think. Both those players are good. I, I'm a. I mean, I'm actually a big Lonzo fan. Uh, I never used to like Lonzo. Like when during draft time, I wasn't a big fan of his. Yeah, I've definitely come around on him a bit. Granted, he's a little injury prone because he tends to miss a lot of games. At least so far in his two seasons, right? Yeah, he's played two seasons. So that's gonna be part of it too. Is he needs to be healthy, and that's why Darius Garland works anyways because you just need someone that's gonna stay healthy. But those two. If you give the so if you give the bulk of your ma- major point guard minutes to those two players, plus if you use them a little off ball because Darius Garland can shoot and Lonzo Ball, uh, you know he physically shoots. <laughs> I mean, there's that, but it's it's interesting. I just think it makes a lot of sense. I, I think this is the right move for them. Good. Um, so and Sam here says that uh, uh, this spot, the number four spot, is he claims the swing spot for the for the draft as a whole. Because it'll basically affect what multiple teams in the the upcoming spots do draft-wise. I I mean, he's not wrong. You you go with a guy like Jarrett Culver. You go with a guy like DeAndre Hunter. You could have other teams move up. You could have... I mean, it it could very well change the whole draft landscape. Yeah, I think he's right. I think this is kind of where things could change. You know, let's say they go, uh, you know, out of left field and they grab. Let's say they they decide we're going to go after another guy that we think has a high draft or a high ceiling. Like let's say Cam Reddish. Yep. I don't think they're going to do that. But you know, there's they have other options for players they could maybe take a chance on. What if they were just ridiculously stupid and they were like, we're going to grab Bowl Bowl? I just, you know, there's to say that it's set in stone after three. I don't think it is. No, I completely agree. Number five. This is an interesting pick for me. Uh, Sam has the Cleveland Cavaliers taking Texas Tech sophomore Jarrett Culver with this pick. Um, but he says that it could be either Culver, Cam Reddish, or DeAndre Hunter in the spot for the Cavaliers. I've seen Hunter here. I haven't seen Cam Reddish much. That's the guy I have going, actually, is Jarrett Culver. I agree with him. I think it makes a lot of sense. You're going to pair him and Colin Sexton kind of going forward 
as your kind of one-two punch. Yep. Plus, you have a late first where you can maybe draft uh, someone of a different ilk, like a, maybe a forward or a center, something of that regard. So I think you have options if you're the Cavs. And I think Jarrett Culver is arguably the best player available, too. And he's got a very high ceiling. Good defender, uh, good offensive player. Uh, you know, when all is said and done, if you told me he was going to be one of the best uh, players in this draft, I, I think that's fair. And that's why it makes a lot of sense uh, for here at five to the Cavaliers. Yeah, he's regarded by trainers and the Texas Tech coaching staff as the kind of player that you need to literally lock out of the gym to keep him from overworking himself. That's, uh, that's a pretty good work ethic right there, if I do say so myself. Uh, number six, the Phoenix Suns. Another swing pick here could be... Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves trading up here to take a pick away from the Bulls could be um, any number of teams. But right now it's the Phoenix Suns pick. And uh, uh, they are going with DeAndre Hunter, the 6'8 forward from Virginia. So with the Suns, he has them taking DeAndre Hunter? Yes. I've seen a few other people say that. Again, this is where things are going to change. Maybe they go with Hunter. And then they look to do a like a, a veteran guard like he thinks. I think that's one way that the team could definitely go. The other way is to use that pick six to make a trade like we talked about earlier. Would a team like the Wolves make sense? Now, I will say this. If the Wolves were to make a trade to move to six, the pick would be Kobe White. And I actually think that's who's going to go here anyways. I think if you're the Suns, don't take DeAndre Hunter. There's I'm nothing against him, but take Kobe White who not only is arguably the best player available, but hugely fits a need, too. Yeah. I just think it makes... Don't overthink it. I think sometimes front offices overthink things. Don't overthink it. If you have two players that are similar in terms of value and one of them fits a need, you take the need. That's my opinion. I don't know why why it's so difficult. The Suns are a goofy franchise. They've They've taken a lot of good players, and they have not panned out. Like, think about, for example, I think they should never draft a power forward again. Mike Chris, terrible. Like, just did nothing. You talk about a guy that I was really high on who hasn't panned out yet, Dragon Bender. Yep. Didn't they, weren't they, didn't they initially draft uh, Alex Len, too? Or am I wrong? They had Alex Len. He was solid for them, though. He was okay. I mean, Alex Len was decent. Part of the problem you ran with him was, of course, eventually you got DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. And you had other players that kind of showed up. So Sam's uh, reasoning behind DeAndre Hunter here actually... Once you read it, it makes some sense to me. So he says, uh, over the last three years, the Suns have finished 29th, 30th, and 28th in defensive rating. Uh, much like Bridges, Hunter is a tremendous multi-positional player who has the size to play and defend across all wing positions. Uh, Hunter uses terrific footwork, strength, and positional awareness in help to frustrate offensive players. Um, so, you know, again... If, if you were to ask me, my guess is that this pick probably does get moved, whether it's to the Wolves or someone else. But uh, I can definitely uh, see them holding on to this pick as well and uh, having plenty of options available. Uh, the number seven overall pick is the Chicago Bulls. Rob, who do you have the Bulls taking at seven? Bulls, I have Cam Reddish going here. The Bulls would love it if Kobe White slipped to them. I think ideally they would want Kobe White or Darius Garland. The Chris Dunn experiment clearly was a failure. And so if they can get a point guard, a guy that can step in day one and play that position, how great would that be? You're talking, let's say it's Kobe White. Kobe White, now you have Zach at the two. You've got, I, I can't think of who they have at the three, but now, you, but then you also have at the four, Larry Markinen. You have Wendell Carter Jr. at the five. I they have like some they options. I trade with the Wizards. Yeah, I, they did. Oh, uh... Do they have Otto Porter? I thought it was Otto Porter. Yeah, maybe it's Otto Porter that they have. Regardless, 
point guard is a need. Hundred yeah. percent, it's a need. Well, Chris Dunn's not the point guard of the future. No, definitely not. He's not the point guard of the past either. The guys or uh, the present. I mean, there's a reason why we stormed out of the draft party because the Wolves drafted yes. him. I mean, that bottom line. And so, if you're the Sun or sorry, if you're the Bulls, you hope one of them falls. I just don't think it happens. But that's also why there's you know initially when we were doing mock drafts to start off mock draft season, we had Kobe White fall into the Wolves. But eventually, you kind of look at the way the board falls, and you're saying. How are both the Suns and the Bulls passing on Kobe White? They're not. And so in this scenario here where Kobe White is gone, then the Bulls take Cam Reddish. That's the way I have it going. Uh, so Sam has him taking Kobe White uh, being available here, the 6'5 guard from North Carolina. Uh, and again, it, it ties in you know, with, with the need here. You need a point guard. You're super happy that Morant and Garland went off the board and nobody else. Uh, I think if uh, Kobe White's available at seven for the Bulls, they cannot get up to the podium quick enough to make this pick. Number eight, Atlanta Hawks. Uh, he has Cam Reddish, the six-eight freshman from Duke, going here uh, to the Atlanta Hawks. Which, of course, if he's available there, it makes a lot of sense. I, I have seen Hawks fans, and I think the team as well, I think they're pretty high on Cam Reddish. So it would make a lot of sense if he was the pick there. But again, you know, in my in my estimation, He's gone already, and at least in my mock, he is, and that's why I have them going uh, DeAndre Hunter, who obviously Sam Vecini would love at this pick because he had him going much sooner. Yep. So it makes a lot of sense. And if you're the Hawks, you think about the picks they have now. They have 8, they have 10, and they have 17. You know, normally I go into a draft and I say, there's no way a team is going to do that. They're not going to pick three times. The Hawks, the Hawks, Hawks could. All three. I think the Hawks actually could and, and might yep. do that. Now, they've talked about... We talked about the trade with the Knicks, you know, looking at that. I know that was actually looked at, but ultimately it would not shock me if the Hawks literally just used all three of these picks. I mean, that, that I th- makes I some think sense. That's, I think they need to. I think that's the thing is like you get a team with three picks and it's like, you know, they have one or two positions of need. They can package that third pick with a player and move up or package two picks together and move up. But I think the Hawks ultimately could use three players from this draft to build instead of trading and getting rid of them. It depends. If you, if you, it depends on what the trades are, you know, in the right deal, would, would it make sense for them to try to make a move? I think it would, you know, for example, this, I get this isn't happening, but if the Pelicans called you and said, Hey, could you trade us your three ones for Zion? You would do that. Right. So there's, there's probably trades. Anthony Davis. Yeah. Like there's probably some trades out there where you would say, of course I would do it. But I think you're right in terms of what's realistic I think it's re- more realistic they keep all three as opposed to trading. I just don't think – I don't know that you're going to get the value there. Now, granted, a lot of people think this draft is weaker, and so you're talking 8, 10, and 17 in a weaker draft. So a lot of it depends on where things fall. But, but where things are right now, uh, at, eight, at 8, if the Hawks ha- do stay there and if Hunter's available or if Reddish is available, like Sam Vecini says, makes a lot of sense. Uh, you are listening to The Howl here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. This is Rob's Mock Draft 4.0. Uh, we are matching his mock draft up against Sam Vicente's uh, of the Athletics mock draft as well. Number nine, Washington Wizards on the clock uh, taking Sekou Dumbuya, the 6'9 forward from France. And I actually uh, I have the same way. I have the Wizards taking Sekou Dumbuya. Now, is it possible that the Hawks take him first? I, the way I look at it is if the Hawks don't take him at 8, I do think the Wizards probably take him at 9. 
but I, that's what I have going here. I do have the Wizards taking Sekou. The other name that I think the Wizards look at would be Jackson Hayes. That's who I had been mocking them. But I think if you're the Wizards, you look at your squad and you say, we're a, we're a ways away from really being truly competitive. And you talk about John Wall's injury. There's lots of uncertainty with Bradley Beal. That's another guy maybe that gets looked at as gets moved on draft night. I know that's a name that's been out there. I know some Wolves fans want Wiggins for him. That's not happening. But that's another name to watch for. And because you're the Wizards and you have a lot of, you know, a lot of different directions you could go, why not go for the home run pick and try to at least make your rebuild go a little faster? Because if you hit on this guy and he becomes the superstar, I mean, how great would that be? Yep. So I think Sekou makes a lot of sense here uh, to the Wizards at 9. Keep in mind, they don't have a GM yet, too. So it's tough to really predict where they're going to go. I have been kind of paying attention to uh, one of their uh, close reporters in the D.C. area is Ben Standig. And I know he thinks uh, Sekou would make a lot of sense. That's a name I've seen him uh, kind of bring up quite a bit. So, yeah, I agree. Sekou Dembuya is the pick at number nine. Uh, jumping into number 10, well, why don't I go first here? Yeah. And I'll take uh, the Hawks. Now, they took Hunter earlier. And because the Wizards passed on him, I have the Hawks taking Jackson Hayes. So power forward center, depending on how you want to look at it. I have Hayes going to the Hawks at number 10. No disagreement here. 6'11", center Jackson Hayes from the University of Texas. Um, and again, this is using a pick that they that they have a spot and have a need for. Um, now, one thing interesting here that, uh, that Sam says is given the number of center options in this class, it would not be much of a surprise to see them move down and take one of those options and acquire future picks as well. Uh, but they are doing their due diligence on Hayes. So that's another thing to keep in mind too, is the Hawks could even acquire some future capital um, and move down a few spots in the draft. Uh, yeah, they have, I mean, they have options, which is, which is the big thing. Number 11, uh, in my opinion, the most uh, important pick of the night, Minnesota Timberwolves on the clock. Uh, new lead basketball operations exec Gerson Rosas. Uh, you got uh, basically a whole new front office, uh, and this is this is going to be the draft that they really define themselves and define the start of their their dynasty, hopeful dynasty. With uh, Rob, what do you have here? So for the Timberwolves, this is kind of goofy. I think ideally, if you're a Wolves fan, at least for me, anyways, I'm hoping that Seku is the one that is falls to us, but it just doesn't look like that's going to happen. And then, of course, uh, the ideal, ideal scenario would be you know, getting Kobe White somehow, which if for anyone that didn't realize this, uh, he did just work out with the Wolves. And there's only one reason why Kobe White would even you know, think about coming here to work out is if they were able to convince him it's possible for us to move up. Yep. So that's one thing to keep in mind when you're talking about potential. Because Kobe knows his positioning. Correct. He knows yep. where he's going to go And if you're draft. the agent, there's no benefit to you to do that. Now, I will say this. If you're his agent, would you rather have him go to the Suns or would you rather have him go to the Wolves? Oh, the Wolves all day long. Absolutely. I mean, they don't have a Carl Towns over there in Phoenix. No. Nope. You know, they don't have, I guess, that's the main piece. Uh, you could argue they do have an Andrew Wiggins because, you know, underperforming you know, young player. Oh, Devin but, Booker. Yeah, right? So there's actually, it's funny you mention him because their stats are very similar. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that's one of the things that you look at here. And uh, for my money, because Seku's gone, the next best player, and I think he's a great fit, and I really like what he brings to the table, is P.J. Washington. That's who I have us taking at number 11, the forward out of Kentucky. Obviously, we've had pretty good success with forwards out of Kentucky. P.J. Washington is a very interesting prospect, and I think he makes a lot of sense here to the Wolves at number 11. Uh, so Sam goes a different route here, um, and he goes with a player who uh, 
finished first in individual offense and defensive rating uh, for the first time since Anthony Davis. And uh, if not for the presence of Zion Williamson, would have set the single season record for per in college basketball over the last decade at 37.2. That name, Brandon Clark, the 6'8 forward center junior from Gonzaga. No, I'm just not as high. I will say I'm not as high on Brandon Clark as most people. Part of that is is mainly the fit with the Wolves, I think, is questionable. Plus, the list of players that have been successful with his physicals, are not. it's not good. And, See, and, and Sam says that uh, he would be a perfect fit with Carl Anthony Towns. You know, he's been, now here's the thing. He's been saying that since day one, and I'm just going to go ahead and completely disagree with him. Okay, here's his, here's his description, and you tell me what you think. Clark's an elite-level weak-side rim protector despite his lack of length due to his sense of timing and quickness off the ground. His mobility would also be a strong fit as he's capable of guarding players across the positional spectrum. With David Vanterpool being hired on Thursday to run the defense, it's easy to imagine Minnesota running the same scheme that he ran in Portland with Towns mostly playing drop coverage and staying around the basket, Brandon Clark playing the versatile Al Farouk Aminu role. I mean, the big issue I have with Brandon Clark is physically, how is he going to guard fours? How is he physically going to do it? He's six foot eight. He's 206 pounds. That's not big enough to guard fours, let alone fives or whatever you want to have him guard. I mean, physically, he's not going to be able to do it. He has athleticism that's going to make up for some of that, but that's just not enough. Sam even says, this is my favorite potential fit for any prospect in the draft. Yep. He's been saying that since day one, like since his first mock, because I, I pay attention to a lot of what he puts out. Because if you're going to, to me, if you're going to do a good job mocking, you kind of want to take a look at uh, some of the people that have the connections and actually can give you inside information. Now, luckily, what he says about Brandon Clark is his personal opinion and not inside-based because I don't think Brandon Clark makes any sense for the Wolves. All right. I've gotten in many an argument on Twitter recently yeah, about I see this. Your, I see your Twitter feed pop up from time to time. I, 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 I like to throw out the, uh, the vomiting emoji when people mention uh, Brandon Clark. Or uh, I will get this is really funny. So do you know who uh, Chuma Okeke is? I do not. Chuma Okeke is the big name player from Auburn that got hurt in the tournament. Oh, yeah. Very good player in his own right. Very good player. I saw someone recently that had him mocked to the Timberwolves at 11. The guy just had a torn ACL. He's probably not even going in the first round. Yeah, we're going to take him at 11? Like, really? And, and now the, the, the caveat this man gave was that he said, this is his personal, very similar to Sam Vecini. He said, this is a team that I think makes sense for these players. So, like, most, like, all the picks were kind of out there a little bit. But to say that Chuma Okeke makes the most sense for the Wolves at 11 makes no sense because how are you discounting all the other players that are better fits, including in his mock, Darius Garland was still available. Well, how is that not a better fit? Then Chuma Okeke. Yeah, we need a point guard. So not named Jeff Teague. So like I said, I, I very much enjoy using the vomiting emoji this time of year because there's a lot of bad takes out there. And here's the thing. I, I like the idea that if you just like you're gonna go on the line, you're gonna say, This is this is how I feel, this is a player I like or dislike, and I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in, I'm gonna say this is the way it is. I was my big thing is five years from now, you have to say I did that. I don't want you coming back and saying, Well, I didn't I wasn't a fan of his. You know, yeah. we didn't like Chris Dunn. A lot of Wolves fans were big on Chris Dunn. Where are those people now saying that they liked him? Because a lot of Wolves fans wanted him. Yep. He was going to be the next Dwayne Wade, or he was going to be this or that. A lot of Wolves fans wanted him, and it's rare to see anyone cop up to yeah, him. And a now. lot of Wolves fans did not want Jamal Murray. 
you know, I'll go back. Now, I will say this. I was not a giant Jamal Murray fan, but my thing was the only guy I didn't want was Chris Dunn. So I was like, yes, I would love Jamal Murray on this team. I just don't want Chris Dunn. So my, you know, am I get, here's a good example. Uh, when, I, when we took Zach Levine, I got mad. I was not a big fan of that pick. I was wrong. I, now, I wasn't as big into the draft at that point, but the guy I wanted, and this was a huge miss for me, I really wanted Adrian Payne. Now, granted, we got him eventually. We got him. Uh, but my, but I will say this: that's that's one of the ones I got wrong. But I actually blame, um, I blame what's his, uh, why can't I think of the Michigan State's coach Izzo? I I blame Tom Izzo because here's the thing: Tom Izzo and Flip Saunders talk a lot. Yeah, they were best friends. And so for Tom Izzo to go out as much as he did and to really uh, kind of put throw a shine on Adrian Payne as much as he did, for there to be all the issues that Adrian Payne had, because here's the thing: he was very talented. But one thing I was not aware of going into the draft, I didn't realize he had a problem with authority, and he clearly did. There were times where he, where he would like get angry with our coaching staff here, yeah. and he would like he would throw like little fits. And, and where was that with Michigan State? And it's weird because uh, you know you look at his time at Michigan State, you look at the stuff where I think I think the little girl's name was Lacey. He developed that connection with that that sick young girl. Yep. There were so many things to like about him, and now it comes out. You know, he was involved in, in all this other stuff behind the scenes. And so, but I, I will say that was a guy that I was big, big on. And I, I can, I can admit that I was clearly wrong in that instance. And that's my thing here is that if you're going to be high on a, a guy like Brandon Clark, and you're going to say he's this great fit five years from now, when it doesn't work out, I want you to admit to that. Yeah. And these, most of these guys won't. And that's, that's my issue. That's why I love uh, freezing cold takes on Twitter. Love freezing cold takes. Yes. Hilarious. Yep. And they're so big that people will make them aware of ca- yep. takes they don't even know about. Yep. So I need to definitely start sending them draft takes for people. People police themselves, too. It'll be like... Sometimes they will, yes. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 12, Charlotte Hornets moving along here. Uh, Sam has them taking a 6-8 forward from Gonzaga, Rue Hachimura. I have the same. I had someone else here. Actually, originally I had Brandon Clark at one point. I also had Bull Bull was another player that I had mocked to them because as we've talked about in the past, that's a team in the Hornets. That's kind of stuck in mediocrity, very similar to what we saw for a number of years with the Clippers. It's a very similar ilk where you're just kind of, what are the, what are the Hornets? What's their future going to be? And so I thought it made sense to take a guy that maybe had a higher ceiling and a lower floor. What I like about Rue for them is I think he's got a relatively high floor while still having a relatively high ceiling, but Part of the reason I like him here is Kemba Walker really likes him. And if Kemba Walker likes him, Kemba Walker gets him. And he said his his actual quote was that Kemba, my understanding is he says that Ruha Shimura is going to be special. And if that's the case, if this is a guy that you want to stay there, because he's a free no. agent, and you want him to stay there, why not get a guy that you think, number one, will fit well with a guy like Kemba Walker, which Ruha Shimura, I think, has a little bit of flexibility in terms of position, at least possibly, so that makes a lot of sense. I know some people think Rue makes sense to the Wolves. I could not disagree more. I don't, I don't think he makes a lot of sense for the Timberwolves. But for a team like the Hornets, when your star player wants him, why don't you give him what he wants? So there you go. I think Rue Hashimura to the Hornets at 12. So I agree, I agree with Sam. Perfect. Uh, Rob, pick number 13, the Miami Heat. You want to give yours? Yep. So for the Heat, this is one team that I, I'm having a tough time pegging. I also saw a, a rumor recently that they're possibly going to move on from uh, Josh Richardson this offseason is maybe a trade candidate, which is the funniest thing in the world because that was the sticking point to not getting Jimmy Butler. So you chose not to get Jimmy Butler, and now you might trade the guy anyways? Man, how the mighty have fallen. And so in this case, 
you know, there's a few names that make sense. I have seen some people talk about maybe a Nasir Little, maybe a guy like Nikhil Alexander-Walker. There's there's a lot of names that make sense for the Heat. They have options, but I'm actually going to go with the high-ceiling play, and that is Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, to the Hawks at number 13. Uh, Sam here goes with Nas Little from North Carolina. Uh, 6'6", 7'1", wingspan, uh, dropped a bit of weight, but he still looks explosive in his workouts. Uh, the Heat are in a weird spot with their roster. Uh, it's no secret that Pat Riley loves his Kentucky players. Um, so he's thinking that maybe P.J. Washington or Tyler Hero could other, could be other options here as I've well. I've seen other people uh, mocking uh, P.J. Washington here, so I, I, that would make sense to and me. And potentially Romeo Langford. Romeo Langford's interesting because I, I'm actually a bigger fan than most, only because I think that the reason why his shooting numbers were as bad as they were in college was because of that injury he had. He had injury to, I believe, it was his right one of his thumbs, and it was on his shooting hand, nonetheless. And so that's going to have a huge uh, difference in terms of how you can shoot. And a, a lot of people have really started to talk him up, and I start to wonder if he's going to move up boards a little bit. And so maybe maybe a team like Miami would make some sense. Uh, number fourteen, the Boston Celtics. Celtics are goofy because they do have three picks currently, which is not going to stay the same. Uh, the one we talked about this on last week's episode. But a trade that makes sense, and it was kind of inspired by uh, 2K and then also a little bit of Twitter as well, was the idea that the Wolves move up to six, and then they trade backwards, and they trade six for the three Celtics picks, which is still something I would I would be very in favor of, only with the caveat that if you think about it that way, you're now granted, you'd be giving up the chance at a guy like Kobe White, but what it would give you is it gives you a chance to, of course, you'd move on from Teague to get to six. Yep. But then with one of those picks that's coming up, you know, 14, uh, 20, or 22, you can maybe move on from Jang by including one of those picks, but you'd still be able to get a couple nice, nice draft, yeah. nice draft picks. Yep. So I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, but for me, if they did stay here and just the way my draft has fallen, even though I'm not a big fan of his, if you have three picks near the Celtics, Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark can make a lot of sense. And he's a guy that I know they've worked out, and he has come come there and they have looked at him. So it's a player they do like or at least have some interest in. And so that's my pick here, especially for value. That's the Celtics going Brandon Clark at number 14. Uh, so Sam here has the uh, uh, Boston Celtics going with Goga Bidtadze, a 6'11 center from Montenegro. I really like Gogo Batazzi. He started to jump up draft boards quite a bit, and I think he's going to be. I think he could be really, really good. And I think he's one of the players that's going to be a steal. Where whoever takes him, I think is going to get really good value. And if you're the Celtics and if you have three picks, why not take a chance on a guy like yep. an international prospect? Another player to stick out here is Tyler Hero, who had a uh, uh, what some would describe as a terrific workout with the Celtics. Uh, he's been dominating workouts, is my understanding, like upwards and downwards. Yep. And so if the Celtics don't take him, Sam has the Detroit Pistons taking Tyler Hero, the 6'5 freshman guard from Kentucky, uh, surrounding Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond with somebody that can shoot. I mean, I get it. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, you know, if you want to go with a guy like that. And like you said, he dominated. It was something like 90 out of 100 three-point yeah, shots or it something was ridiculous. ridiculous. And now he actually didn't even have the best. Someone else. Was it, I think it been, was Sekou. No, Seku had, had a nasty. Seku's been nasty good, but it was no, it was someone day. like Ty Jerome or something that 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 also worked out for the Celtics and actually beat the number. Oh, really? Yes. I, I in fact, I think it, I'm pretty sure it was Ty Jerome, if I if I'm not mistaken. So that's that's one thing I kind of find interesting too. 
is that there's other there's players again you know how hard is it you, you wonder this has been a thing they've talked about over the years uh they say uh he's really good against a folding chair you know you're not going up against anybody yep. and so that's that's part of it that's why i like when guys are willing to do group workouts but a lot of guys are not willing to do that because there's not always a benefit to the guys that are already first round talents because the only thing that can happen is that you drop in most yep. cases yeah, and so no, yeah there's no there's no plus side to it but I, the, the other the other side of the coin is that if you're going to be up against nobody you better play really well and hero has done that yeah so that's that's the thing for me uh, once again, you are listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. This is the Howl with Rob's 4.0 mock. Rob, are we going to go into the second half of the uh, the mock draft here today? Yep. Oh, definitely. Why don't you start us off with 16, then, the Orlando Magic? So with the uh, – well, no. Well, we have 15. I just, oh, I, I, I did 15. Sorry, I didn't know that you didn't. Nope. I, no, I didn't go over 15. Sorry. Uh, Pistons, uh, I have them taking. Wait, who did? Who does he have them taking? Tyler Hero. He has them. Okay, sorry. That that's where I misunderstood. I thought we were still talking about the possibilities for the Celtics. So, uh, at fifteen, that's a really popular name. Another name that's come up for the Pistons is Romeo Langford, and then the the last one, and this is the guy that I actually have them taking, is Nasir Little. And the reason I like Nasir Little is. Uh, for anyone that's not aware, there was just a recent exchange between Nasir Little and Andre Drummond on Instagram where Andre Drummond said, I think we need to be taking or I think we're eyeing a long wing, which Nasir Little has like a 7-1 wingspan. And and so in the replies, Nasir Little jumped in and then uh, Andre Drummond sent the eye emojis. And so to me, it's like, again, kind of like we talked about earlier with the Hornets, if you have a need and you have one of your stars that wants that guy there, could be a match made in heaven. So, jumping into the second half of the uh, mock draft, though, we do have the Magic. Uh, Magic, a, a couple guys that they like that I'm my understanding, anyways. Uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker is one, and that is a guy that I think would make some sense. But value wise, and just I'm starting to see him move up boards a little bit, just given people are thinking that his shooting woes were based on injury, and that is Romeo Langford. That's why I have the the Magic taking here at pick number sixteen. Yeah, Sam agrees with that pick. Uh, you know they. The Magic spent years taking, you know, bigs like Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, Aaron Gordon. Now it's time to start uh, filling out that wing spot. Yep, especially with uh, they just, you know, they had that big contract for Vucevic. Yep, and so it's going to make a lot of sense to uh, surround some of these players with some some good guard pieces or wing pieces. And so I think you get pretty good value here with Romeo Langford. Very much a high ceiling player. I think his floor is higher than most people think. I'm probably a bigger fan of his than than others. But uh, here at, at pick number 16 to the Magic, I think Romeo Langford is a very solid value. Uh, number 17, the Atlanta Hawks, their second pick. Or, sorry, third pick of the first round. So the Atlanta Hawks, well, let's go with Sam's first. Who does he think? He has them. Uh, so uh, he says this. He says uh, uh, he had this player set for the Nets prior to their move out of 17. Uh, there's no way the Hawks will take two centers with these picks. He goes, but here's the thing. I'd be surprised if they end up using all of 8, 10, and 17. So he's just going to leave this player here, and that is Mufiondu Cabangale, a 6'10 center from Florida State. Yep. Uh, he's a popular name that my understanding is starting to – he's starting to move up boards is, is what people are saying at this point. I personally – you could do it, but I, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me necessarily to take him this early. I think his value is further down the road. So for me, I have a guy that I actually had them taking 
earlier in some of my other mocks, but a, a player that's dropped a little bit more just due to the medicals is uh, Bull Bull. And if you're the Hawks, what a great – so you're talking about – you're coming out of this draft. Let's just look at my mock specifically. With DeAndre Hunter, Jackson Hayes, and Bull Bull, and you're adding that to what you've already got with guys like Kevin Herter, Trey Young. Yes, all in on that. Yeah, sign me up. John Collins. Yep. That's a that's fantastic. And what a core. Yeah. Trey Young – you know, made a run at rookie of the year last year. Obviously, it was tough to to overtake, you know, in that race a guy like Luka Doncic. But if you're talking about just a a really good starting five, you can make a great starting five of young pieces with that group. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would love to see Bol Bol uh, play consistently, stay healthy. And uh, play alongside. I mean, the only reason he's even available right now is because of the foot injury. So if you're the Hawks and you're a rebuilding franchise, you have the time it takes to wait on Bowl Bowl and see if he turns out. And if he doesn't, it's not a huge deal because, I mean, you're picking at this is pick 17 and you're getting a guy that pre injury was probably going top five or top 10. Why not take a chance on him? Look at a guy like Embiid. There are a lot of worries with his injury concerns and and he he took some time and, and we got. A, a commonly used catchphrase out of it, trust the process, but he turned out. And, and I mean, I'm not saying Bull Bull is the next Joel Embiid, but you take your time with him and he could turn into something special. And I watched a lot of Oregon basketball. Um, and, and in the games that Bull Bull played in, he was a force. He was an yeah, absolute force. Agreed. And that agreed. team, that Oregon team is very good. And Bull Bull stood out on a very good Oregon team. Yep. No, I would agree. Uh, number 18, Indiana Pacers on the board here. Uh, so Sam says that, uh, they're going with PJ Washington, the forward center from Kentucky says Washington will be in the mix starting as early as nine. And he'd consider this something of a floor that he'd be surprised to see him fall beneath. Uh, so this is kind of the, the bottom end of the spectrum for PJ Washington, but he says that he would fit a lot of what the Pacers need next to miles Turner and DeMontis the bonus and can help stretch the floor. If he was available, it makes a lot of sense, and it's a really good value. Because I don't have him available, I have him obviously going to the Wolves, I have the Pacers actually looking at Nikhil Alexander-Walker, a very good player, can play both ends of the floor. Another player I like for the Wolves, actually, and I think he makes a lot of sense here uh, to the Pacers. So at 18, the guard, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker going to the Pacers. Uh, one final thing here on P.J. Washington that uh, that Sam says, he goes, Washington is probably a role player at the NBA level, but he's the kind of role player that sticks around for a decade due to how his skill set fits the modern game and how his game profiles toward playing with stars. So if you're getting that kind of that kind of talent at 18, I think that's a very solid pick. Agreed. Number yep. 19, the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, Greg Popovich going to do Greg Popovich things. Uh, Sam has him taking Luka Simonic, a 6'10 forward from Petrol Olympia. That's who he has the Spurs taking? Yes. Um, so for me, at 19, uh, I like actually Lucas Simonic. He's a player that's really started to jump up boards, and I'm a huge fan of his. Another international prospect that I think could end up being one of the steals of the draft. So at, at here, at this pick, it, I could understand the Spurs going that route. But because he's still available and he wasn't in Sam's draft, I have the Spurs taking Goga Batadze because that's just a, a great value. Yep. If you're the Spurs, you, know, you talk about a team that – they're they're not they're not rebuilding. Obviously, it's the Spurs. They've got good pieces, but there's rumors out there they're looking to maybe move on from Demar Derozan. Their direction, a lot of it depends on how healthy you have a guy like Dejounte Murray coming back. How yep. healthy he's going to be. 
you don't necessarily have a, a big time center. And so going with a, a, a prospect like Gogo Batadze makes a lot of sense. He's starting to jump up draft boards and who better than the Spurs? You know, you talk about uh, a guy that just retired actually in Tony Parker, you know, Tony Parker, whether it's him, whether it's guys like Manu Ginobili, they've had great success with those international prospects and why not do it again here? You know with who Gogo else Batadze. the Spurs discovered? Who, who else did the Spurs discover? Boban. Oh, that's true. They did. They were. They did have. Uh, he was the initial initial team. Oh, they they clearly didn't believe in him enough to keep him, though. Yeah, that was their biggest mistake. Uh, John Wick Four is actually going to be Greg Popovich in, in uh, Keanu Reeves' place, and Boban is going to uh, get his payback. That's that's. Have you seen it now? I haven't seen the new John Wick yet. No, I, I need to. But you do. Uh, John Wick Four is Boban versus Greg Popovich. Uh, number twenty, the Boston Celtics. This is a pick from the Clippers. Uh, Sam has them taking Nikhil Alexander Walker from Virginia Tech here. So at twenty, I have them now. There's a there was a rumor actually about a possible promise to one of their picks, and that is uh, Matisse uh, Tibble is who I have the Celtics taking at number twenty. Good value. This is right around where he's probably going to go. You know whether it's here to the Celtics, twenty two to the Celtics, maybe a team like the Sixers at twenty four really likes him. I think so. That's that's kind of his value is the early twenties. So at twenty, the Celtics take Matisse Thibble uh, with a possible promise. All right, uh, twenty one belongs to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Sam has him taking a, a name that we've seen a lot pop up in uh, in two K, KZ Okpala. Yeah, he came up a lot, wasn't it? Sixth man of the year, I want to say. Yeah, he's a 6'9 forward from Stanford. So for me and the Thunder, there was was actually some talk, uh, speaking of promises, uh, another team was the Thunder, and that they might possibly have a promise out there to Tyler Hero. And because he's available, they could really use some good shooting. Uh, You know, you obviously have Paul George, you've got Russell Westbrook, add some good shooting, and I think that could help take them uh, the next step. And so Tyler Hero is the pick to the Thunder. And I don't even know if he's going to be here necessarily, He's really started to jump up boards, people have said, because of his workouts. Now, again, it depends on how much you view workouts versus actual season. Yep. I, I've looked at his numbers a little bit. You know, his three-point percentage was not as good as you'd expect, given how great of a shooter he's supposed to be. So that's one thing to watch for. But I do think Tyler Hero is a, a solid player, a good shooter. I know some Wolves fans actually have talked about taking him at 11. And if that was the case, while I don't love it, I could I could see why there's a little bit of a draw there. And so at 21, very good value here. The Thunder take Tyler Hero. Uh, number two, the last of the Boston Celtics picks in the first round. Uh, again, neither one of us really see the Celtics keeping all three picks. If they were to keep this pick, though, uh, same as I'm taking Keldon Johnson, a 6'6 wing from Kentucky. Yep, so I have them, just based on kind of the direction that they've gone with their other picks, and pretty good value, I have the Celtics taking Grant Williams, uh, the forward out of Tennessee, who I really like. I, I don't, it sounds to me like he's dropping a little bit on some people's boards. I'm a fan of his and what he brings to the table. Really good, hard worker, really has a positive impact on the basketball court. And so, again, this goes back to the fact they're probably not keeping all three of these picks, but in a world where they did, you want to mix it up a little bit and get guys that kind of fit different needs. And I think Grant Williams uh, kind of sets himself apart uh, from the other players we've already had them taking here. Uh, Number 23, it's the Utah Jazz pick. Uh, Rob, who do you have the Utah Jazz taking here on uh, the Howl on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel? A lot of it for the Jazz depends on what they end up doing as far as looking at a player like Mike Conley. Maybe Maybe this pick isn't even made by them. I don't know. It depends on what they end up looking at. But if they do stay here, a name that I've seen tied to them quite a bit is Keldon Johnson. 
So Keldon Johnson is a player I like in this draft, and my understanding is that the Jazz like quite a bit. And if, and if he's not available, because some people have said he's started to move up a little bit as well, I know Cam Johnson is another name that Jazz fans like. I've seen him linked also. Yeah, I was actually just going to say Sam has him taking Cam Johnson, um, and Johnson is the best shooter in this draft and would fit next to the a, a very good core of Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, and Joe Ingles. Yeah, kind of goofy to think of Joe Ingles as your core just because he's getting there in age. Uh, he will be the oldest player selected on draft night uh, at 23 years old, uh, but he will be expected to come in and compete early. Uh, and his range starts right around 18, could drop to the end of the first round. But Makes uh, sense. Cameron Johnson to the Utah Jazz at Which is a good segue because at 24, I have the Sixers taking Cam Johnson. I have the Sixers taking Matisse Tibble, uh, your Which, guy that the has guy a I talked about. From, uh, yeah, possible promise. And, yep. I th- and I had said earlier, he makes a lot of sense to a team like the Sixers. I've seen other people mock him there as well. So that, I think it's a solid pick. If Matisse Tibble's available, I think he's a good pick for the Sixers. Uh, number 25, the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Sam has them taking Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, from USC. Which if he's available, that's a, that, of course you're going to take him. Considering some people had him as high as a, um, an early lottery pick, if you're if you're able to get him at 25, that's that's a steal for the Blazers. Even if he doesn't necessarily fit a need, obviously he's a guard, and so you look at the Blazers as one of the teams that has some of the one of the best sets of guards there is. But but very good value here. So it would make sense if they took him. I personally have them going KZ Akpala, uh, the guy we talk about in 2K quite a bit. So KZ Akpala is my pick. 25 to the Blazers. Yeah, so word on uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is that he is going to fall on draft night. Um, so there's been questions that have come up about his work ethic and coachability. Yep, I've heard that too. Uh, because NBA teams are risk averse, uh, there is a lot of speculation that he will fall pretty heavily on draft night. But personally, uh, Sam thinks that the Blazers having Kevin Porter Jr. available to them is a huge win. Uh, the 26th pick, Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, here, Sam has the Cavs taking Bull Bull, which, if that was the case, Bull Bull, Colin Sexton. And, I don't see uh, how he falls to 26. I, I, don't, I, I also don't I either, get the but... foot concerns, but he has the potential to be one of the most unique players we've ever seen. Just think about how amazing his three-point shot is. I mean, it's off the charts good and consistent, too. I just, to me, uh, the foot injury scares me. But if you're a team, like, you know, I have not going to the Hawks. If you're one of these rebuilding teams, you take a chance. I mean, you, you 100% take a chance, especially earlier than this. But on the, on the craziness chance he does end up here, yes, you take him, 100%. That would be a great addition to a Cavs roster. Yeah, it would. For me, I have them taking a player that uh, Sam had going earlier, I believe, to the Spurs, which is uh, Luka Samanic. So I think Luca makes a lot of sense here. He's a player that started move up draft boards. I'm a huge fan of his. I can't say enough. Uh, you know, obviously we've we've seen a, a history of players named Luca performing well in the NBA. Yes, Why not are. another one? Yeah, uh, 27 belongs to the Brooklyn Nets uh, from the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Sam has been taking Eric Paschal, a six seven forward from Villanova. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis Levert under contract. Now the team has a lot has the ability to use a lot of cap space while keeping D-Russ, so they are trying to focus on a front court player uh, like Pashal, who's a six seven forward. And I've seen other people uh, uh, have them take him as well. So he's a name that I've 
it's a weird it's a name i'm not super familiar with i need to watch more of his game but he has been linked to the nets uh, on a few different occasions yeah. me personally i have them taking uh mifiandu kabengale and of course um sam Vecini had him going much sooner one of the reasons why is uh this is from nets daily uh new assistant gms peterson and birdsong Overlapped at Atlanta as scouts before Birdsong moved on to San Antonio. The two are also Florida State alumni. Hello, Mifiandu Kabengale. <laughs> Makes some sense to me. Say that name 10 times fast. Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky if I can say it once. Yeah, oh. exactly. <laughs> so that's who I have them taking here at 27 to the Nets. Uh, number 28 is the Golden State Warriors. Uh, interesting offseason approaching for the Golden State Warriors. And I think that's... One of the bylines that everybody's going to be watching is, you know, do the Warriors, um, you know, I mean, they start in about an hour from now, so we won't know by the time this airs if the Warriors ended up winning game five or not. What's but your guess? I think they lose. I think so, too. I think the Raptors win. So here's our question is, does Durant stay? What, is, uh, what does Clay do? I, I mean, think both Durant and Clay are going to be gone. I think so, too. But, the, but, but here's the thing is right now they're the only two that know the, that the answers to those questions. And they might not even know. And they might not even know. Because it might come down to, you know, I saw, this is funny you mentioned this. I saw someone post this. Would you rather have Kevin Durant come back, win a championship, and then leave? Or would you rather have Kevin Durant, like, stay out, you know, stay off, off the court, the Warriors lose, but Kevin Durant stays in free agency? So would you rather win the championship this year and lose Durant or keep Durant and lose the championship this season? Win the championship. I would too. In all honesty, because you don't know what Clay is going to do. Correct. Clay is such a core piece of this team that when he's gone, this team is markedly worse. And the reason why there, there's, the rumors are out there, the reason, one of the reasons he wants out is because he wants to be the main guy. Yep. Which is all, learn from others' mistakes. Learn from Stefan Marbury. Learn from Kyrie Irving. Oh, I don't want to be with LeBron anymore. Well, now I kind of want to be with no, LeBron again. No, no I'd like to be with LeBron again because I, I forgot that I'm actually not that good. Not that Kyrie Irving's not that good, but he's not the main guy. And Is Clay the main guy? I don't think so. His, his demeanor and just the way – I mean, the guy doesn't even know how to smile. Now, so the, the, thing, the thing with Golden State that worked so well pre-Kevin Durant is you had Steph, Clay, Draymond – and that whole team worked so well together yeah. that one guy was out and you could have somebody off the bench step up and come in. Enter Kevon Looney, Quinn Cook, Sean Livingston. Jordan Bell. Jordan Bell, you name it. Mm-hmm. And with a guy like Kevin Durant, now it's more Kevin Durant and the Warriors. Mm-hmm. It's not that cohesive team. And the other thing, too, remember when the Warriors signed Boogie Cousins? And it was, oh my God, they got half a year of boogie for the vet men. When he comes back, everyone's in trouble. I haven't really liked what I've seen from boogie thus far returning from injury. He seems hampered and slow. I've never been a big boogie fan. so And think... so, so you have to believe that boogie's not going to be re-signed by the Warriors. Now, boogie's going to play. He's not going to get the massive deal that he was maybe anticipating. But so now you're losing three players from this Warriors team plus any of your bench guys that don't come back. So they need a lot of help. And here Sam has them taking 6'11 forward from Georgia, Nick Claxton. Nick Claxton's a name that's really started to jump up boards. And it could make some sense for them to want to go with a center. I think there's better options available to them. And the, the direction that I actually go, and I will give the Warriors credit, 
I think they've done a really good job at the end of the first round where they have their picks. Yeah. Whether it's uh, signing Jordan Bell or trading for Jordan Bell. He was an early second round pick. Kevon Looney was a, a late first round Jeremy pick. Jeremy Evans last year hasn't done much, but I really like Jacob he, Evans. Or Jacob Evans. Yep. I really like what he brings to the table. And so he's a guy that could end up being a really solid piece eventually. And so I actually have them going with Ty Jerome. And the reason is I think it's good value. Because some people think he, in, when it's all said and done, he could be the best point guard in this draft. I think that's a little, a little crazy. That's a long shot. But he's going to be good. And we talked about how great he's been at shooting. And if Sean Livingston leaves or if he retires, which some people think he might, yep. makes a lot of sense to have another guy that can step in. And they like guys that can shoot. Why not grab a guy like Ty Jerome? Yeah, that's a, that's a great option here. And, and Sam even says that he'll have to spend a year in the G League to bulk up. But he should be a really, really good fit. And he's more athletic than Kevon Looney, more size than Jordan Bell. So he's, he's a good prototype, but, he w- but it's, it's a pick that they'll need to slowly develop to get him where they, where they want him to be. Yep. Uh, number 29, San Antonio Spurs. This pick comes from the Toronto Raptors. Uh, Sam has him taking Grant Williams, the 6'6 forward from Tennessee that you have going much earlier, Rob. I do. I Actually, at one point, I had him going to the Spurs at 19, but his values dropped a little bit. I like the fit here. If he's available, it makes sense. I actually do have them taking a forward. I have them going with Darius Basley, a name that has started to jump up a little bit. He's an interesting name because he did forego college, and so some people wonder what he's going to bring to the table. I know 2K really likes him. He's turned out pretty good in some of the simulations we've done via 2K. And so he's a name to watch. But I like him value here. He's going to be like a late first, early second type pick. And he is a player that, you know, long term has that high ceiling possibly available. And so I like his fit here. 29 of the Spurs, good value, Darius Basley. Why don't I end it off here with 30? Yeah. Now, originally, the Bucks here at 30, I really liked them going with uh, Charles Bassey. He actually did not stay in the draft. And so, or actually, sorry, I should say, as 2K19 calls him, Charles Bossy. They have his name wrong, but it's, it's definitely the same guy out of Western Kentucky. But I have them going with the guy that um, Sam Vecini just liked and linked to the Warriors. I have the Bucks taking Nick Claxton. I like him. I think, yeah. I think he makes a lot of sense here for a Bucks team that could use a center, I think, long term. Uh, so for Sam, he has a 6'5 combo guard. From Virginia, Ty Jerome going to the Milwaukee Bucks because they value floor spacing and shooting, uh, something particularly appealing for the Bucks next to Giannis. Plus, with Brogdon's restricted free agency and George Hill's likely impending unrestricted free agency, this team could use further depth in the backcourt. So Ty Jerome and that's end out in, in my last mock. That's who I had going to the Bucks was Ty Jerome. So I get it. It makes a lot of sense. So I'm going to give you some other names here, Rob, because. Uh, Sam's got the, the second round fully mocked as well. Um, so I'm just going to give you some other names here that maybe we could see pop into the late first round and just give me your thoughts on them real quick. Uh, so Chuma Okeke, he has going 31st to the Brooklyn Nets. Yep, and we talked about how some people think he could be a good uh, fit for us at yep. 11. Uh, 33rd overall, Daniel Gafford from Arkansas. Yep, I've, I, I actually had him at one point mocked to the Spurs. So he's going to be a guy that, that could actually slide into that first round. He's a solid player. Uh, one guy that I really like, thirty at uh, thirty-seven to the Mavericks, Lewis King from Oregon, the freshman. As you know, uh, one of my wing. favorite players in the draft. Yes, I absolutely would love Lewis King. He played if incredibly he fell, well in the tournament. If he somehow fell to us at forty-three, I think is where we're picking. I would be so happy. Uh, Bruno Fernando going at forty to the Kings. So I think that would be a good pick. I actually had him going to the Warriors last mock, and and he still very well could go that direction. Very solid player. At one point, was thought to be a like a lottery pick. 
and it just didn't pan out as well as he had hoped. But that's good value. Yep. Think about a guy that think about a center that was projected to be a, a lottery pick and ended up dropping into that second round. DeAndre Jordan. You never yep. know. Uh, so the pick before the Timberwolves, forty second, the Sixers, Admiral Schofield from Tennessee. Yep. I, so I'm not in love with Admiral Schofield. It's a, he could be a good player. I just I have to dive more into his game, but I think he's going to be a solid pick. Who does he have the Wolves taking? Uh, Zach Norvell Jr. from Gonzaga. Two uh, K likes him. I'll tell you that. Two K likes Zach Norvell Jr. Uh, I, so what what he says is uh, Timberwolves need shooting badly. Norvell is certainly capable of getting hot from distance. Strong performer via RPM metrics, which should lead to further examination for NBA teams who look at such things. Uh, and he says, my bet is that the Wolves are one of the organizations that will. If I'm going to take a chance on a guy or in the second round, there's a lot of names I like, whether it's uh, Jonte Porter. Jalen Leck. Uh, so it's not Jalen Leck, by the way. It's Jalen LeCue. LeCue, my bad. I, I learned that uh, recently watching some videos on him. He's an interesting player. Uh, somebody actually brought him up recently to Doogie, and Doogie said uh, – the Wolves tried to get him in for a workout but could not do so, and but they probably uh, got to look at him at the combine and stuff. And he said it's not that he doesn't want to go to Minnesota. It's very similar to what we talked about with Kobe White. His camp feels there's no way he makes it to 43, and I would agree. If he did, that's a I would 100% take a chance on him. Very similar to Darius Basley. When it decided to go a different route, did not go to college. And so his value is a little different than some of the other players. But look at some of the other players that have done that. Whether look at a guy like Brandon Jennings. Now, he's had some obvious issues, and he's no longer in the league. Yep. But Brandon Jennings was a solid player for a while. He hated Ricky Rubio for some reason, but he was a solid player for a little bit. And so there are players that have gone that route that have panned out fairly well. And so if he was there at forty three, makes sense. Another guy I like for the Wolves would be a Minnesota native Shamori Pons. Yeah, he's actually projected to go 55th to the New York Knicks. I would want to, so first of all, I think he's going to go earlier than 55th. But if he's available, I know other Wolves fans too are really big on Pons. We've actually taken him in some 2K sims, and he's worked out really well. I think he could be a really, really solid player and a good value. If you're the Wolves, and if you don't, if you're not getting a point guard in the first round, in the second round, you could do a lot worse than grabbing a point guard, a guy like Shamori Pons. Yep. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, so just one name that I want to throw out there, just because I like the name. I don't know a thing about this guy. Fifty uh, fourth overall, he has this. Uh, Sam has the Sixers taking Yovel Zusman, a six seven wing from Maccabi Tel Aviv. Yeah, I don't know him. I can't say I know his game six, at all. Six seven with a seven foot wingspan, high level basketball IQ, and the ability to knock down jump shots. Zusman would represent the Sixers taking a flyer on a three and D wing draft and stash. But I just I just like the name interesting Zeusman. name yeah the all inter- the all the all name lists you yes, know whether it's Casey Akpala Mie Oni and there's some bold I mean there's some there's some interesting names out there 100 percent Ignis Brazadakis to the Pacers at 50 potentially I like Brazadakis and again another guy that is a two K All Star for sure and this is a so this is a are there any other names you want to go over No that's that's all I got Let's transition then into our two K or one of our two K Sims for this week. And that is what we normally do with mock drafts is we take my mock and we put it into 2K. So if the teams took all those exact players, the only exception, by the way, is uh, Mifiandu Kabengale is not in the game. So he oh, is not no. he is not a part of this. So we actually end up giving the Nets. We gave him Luke May. I figured give him a, give him a power forward. Give him a power forward that's got a, a you know an okay an floor, name to pronounce. A much easier name to pronounce. So that's that's the only caveat there. Everyone else went to the team that I had them list. Oh, sorry, and Nick Claxton's not in the game either. Oh. So we gave them another good center prospect. 
So that worked out. And then for the Wolves, we, we talked about, obviously, P.J. Washington. But then in the second round, we did draft for them Lewis King. I like it. So I was between him and Shamori Pons, and I went with Lewis King because my hope is that in free agency now we will grab Ricky Rubio. So that's what we're going to kind of shoot for. Perfect. If it works out money-wise. So we'll see. So here we are. We're at free agency. We're going to go through free agency here, and then once we've gone through the offseason, we're actually going to go through team by team. We'll take a look at just what teams actually did, and then you can compare that. So 2K, what 2K thinks happens versus what actually ends up happening in real life. It's kind of an interesting look at – Obviously, simulations versus the real. So for the Wolves, uh, the first thing we do in the moratorium is always we try to grab. And this is interesting. How about this? Bull Bull is a free agent. So the Hawks took him and decided, nope, we're good. Sign him. We're not. We're not going to sign him because it's not realistic that we sign him. But this in is this, in this one. It's going to be no. We're not signing Bull Bull. Bull Bull. But, but Minnesota. The, the one thing I'll say is it makes you wonder. Maybe the foot injury was worse than we thought. Or, or maybe maybe not worse than we thought, but maybe it was a real issue. And the yeah. Hawks said, eh, red flags. Although his camp doesn't think so. His expected money is $23 million, which is the other reason we're staying away from Bo Bo. Uh, and that is, a, that is a knock. And I believe it's a knock on – I don't know if it's a knock on the game itself or the man that made the draft class. But the players that don't get drafted, the money they expect is, is not – accurate yeah that's way, it's way too high accurate and we've actually noticed this one thing that 2k uh hopefully they address maybe in 2k 20 is that if you have nobody on your roster and we talked about this last week you can't actually draft 13 players even if you have 13 picks no. you can't draft and sign all of them which is a flaw because in real life why can't you if you have nobody on your team i don't see why that would matter so i'll have to look into that maybe there's something i'm missing uh, as far as the cba is concerned no, there's something so, but the first thing we always try to do is grab two-way players. And so looking at the list, Brandon Slater is one of the best options. He is a small forward, so we'll look to grab him. Uh, there's also Tyler Davis is another good option. Uh, what course. do you think? Should we grab Tyler Davis on a two-way? Yeah, of course. So Tyler Davis is one. Uh, another guy, actually, that's with the team currently, and that's Mitchell Creek is another uh, interesting name. Well, how about we grab Mitchell Creek as a two-way? Yeah, because he's already a two-way with the Wolves. So it makes a lot of sense to grab Mitchell Creek. So let's see if they both sign. And they do. They both signed. Now, looking down the list of players, we're not going to keep the cap hold on Derrick Rose. We're not going to keep the cap hold on Taj Gibson, specifically because it's $17 million almost, which is Jeez. a lot. We keep Tyus Jones, of course. Now, Luol Deng, I'm going to keep a cap hold on him. I actually think there's a chance he comes back. Same with uh, Anthony Tolliver is kind of interesting. Although at $7 million, that's a little much for me for Tolliver. Luol Deng, on the other hand, is very affordable. Yes. So we'll give him a chance. Uh, how about this? Jared Bayliston is $11.15 million option. Heck no. Or like, I mean, I'm not doing that. A qualifying offer. Uh, one guy we are going to let leave is Cameron Reynolds. And the reason we're going to let him leave is because for some reason in this game, he hates the Wolves. And he will not even consider signing with us. Yeah, that's right. We've talked about that before. So we're going to let him leave. We're going to renounce his rights. We are going to keep the rights of Jared Terrell. I do think the team likes him. He's still young, obviously. He's only been in the league one, one season. And he offers some position flexibility. But then we do renounce the rights of C.J. Williams. So that's kind of the next uh, the listing of players. So the guys we're hoping to re-sign would be Tyus Jones and Luol Deng. And Jared Terrell. So jumping through the moratorium, and we'll take a look at uh, what ends up happening in free agency. So what do you think? What are your thoughts, uh, Kevin? Is there anyone you want to take a look at? Again, my goal is to try to grab Ricky Rubio if we can. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously there's big names, but in a realistic situation, the Wolves don't have a lot of cap room. Uh, Ricky makes a lot of sense, in my opinion, and he you makes can a, get him. He wants a lot of money. Though. Yeah, and, and, the, and the, I, I think this contract is uh, uh, that we're looking at here in 2K is is unrealistic. I think the Wolves can get him for cheap. Um, yeah, that seems like what he's actually asking for is is I would say a bit much. Yeah, you know, he's a 79 overall at 28 years of age, so he's technically still in his prime. But that's a lot of money for him to be asking for. We're, we're, we're actually going to do this. We're going to go in and we might alter what his contract demands are because I don't think there's any chance he gets paid what he's asking for. I'm good with that. And we'll maybe do that to a couple other players just in terms of making the game a little more realistic. And we'll come back at you at the end of free agency uh, right before the season is about to start. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel, and we are the Howl. All right, so here we go. We are about to start the regular season. But, of course, first we're going to go over the uh, league history or I guess the transaction report of each team, and we'll take a look at kind of who went where and where 2K has uh, certain players signing or not signing. Yeah. So taking a look first at the Sixers uh, and some of their uh, big signings. So they were able to uh, let's re-sign, see, re-sign Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Butler, which is huge. They got Brazadakis, Nerlens Noel, Delon Wright. They got our guy Thomas Bryant, which yep. is a solid signing. Uh, Brad Wanamaker, they got Michael Beasley, uh, Donta Hall, Kevin Durant. That's a squad. What? My goodness. And then uh, they rounded out with Caleb Martin because apparently they got too good and they wanted to be a little worse. Yeah, they wanted to just uh, lower their, their skill level a little bit. So I guess do what you want, man. But that's a that's a squad. Uh, jumping into the Bucks, we have Brogdon, Nikola Miritich they re-signed. They signed Darren Collison. They signed Taco Fall. Taco. They got uh, Svi McCulloch, Ben Moore, and Devin Robinson. Uh, the Bulls, uh, they were able to sign Jonas Valanciunas, uh, Carson Edwards, uh, Noah Locke, and Ki Zhao. Uh, that's uh, Joe Chi. Joe Chi is his name. That's how it's pronounced. <laughs> that's the center prospect uh, from the Rockets. So they gave got him a one-year min deal, basically. But yeah, no, it's uh, so it's... It's it's it looks like Zhao Chi because it's back it's backwards there, but I, I, apparently it's pronounced Joe Chi. Joe Chi. Joe Chi is how that's actually pronounced. Right. Yep. Uh, next up, something new every day, right? Uh, next up, you have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Let's see, they signed uh, Damari Carroll, T.J. McConnell, Andrew Harrison, Jordan McRae, and Taj Gibson. Really, Taj? You left the Wolves to go and sign. Uh, he signed year, a min deal. A min, oh. I would have taken him on a min deal. Oh, Taj. What are you going to do, I guess? Next up, we have uh, the Boston Celtics. And let's see. They waive Semi Ojale. They re-sign Kyrie Irving. They were able to re-sign Terry Rozier, which I don't think that's happening. You're not getting both. In fact, I wouldn't be shocked if they got neither. Yeah, and I th- I've, I've even heard, too, that Marcus Smart is planning on leaving that team as well. And I think Terry wants to leave. I'm yeah. pretty sure Scary Terry yeah. wants to leave. Uh, Elijah Weaver, they signed. They also signed Tyler Ulis and Will Richardson. So apparently their offseason is to sign five point guards. That's right, Kevin, five. Sounds like the Wolves drafting in the David Kahn era. Uh, L.A. Clippers, they signed Kemba Walker, Dang. Uh, Daniel Tice, Dwayne Dedman, Trayvon Blewett, E.J. Montgomery, John Petty, and Dwight Howard. <laughs> yeah, Dwight Howard. What's with all these teams making big signings and then just kind of being like, let's, let's kind of uh, bring our ego down a little bit with we someone. Are, we are too good. It's weird. Uh, looking at the Grizzlies up next, they sign uh, Admiral Schofield. Uh, Dedrick Lawson, Rashawn Holmes, Zach Norvell Jr., Jeff Green. They signed Vanya Marinkovic. Sounds like a figure skater. 
uh, Alonzo McKinney and Greg Monroe. What a what? What a worthless offseason. Yeah, that's really weird. <laughs> like my goodness, They're you got John. Mar- yeah, and, and they kept they kept uh, Mike Conley. So that's that's something. Uh, now we have the Hawks. Oh my goodness! Here so you go. So the Hawks signed. Clay Thompson, <laughs> Alex Caruso, Darius Bertans, Cole Swider, and Justin Anderson. Why is Clay Thompson? Well, I guess he wanted to be the man. He wanted to be the man. He's going to be him the and man Trey Young man. together would be kind of interesting. I'd watch man, that. Man, Lanta. That's very interesting. Um, looking at uh, what else is? Let's see. So the Heat. Uh, so this happens a lot. This isn't possible though. So Dwayne Wade resigns to a two-year deal. He's retiring. He's gone. Like that's happening. But 2K wants him to stay in, so we'll let it happen. Uh, Thomas Sadoransky, Jaron Blossom game, Vince Hunter, and then uh, Pau Gasol apparently signs a one-year min deal with the, the, with the Heat. I like it. Uh, good luck, man. Yeah, Charlotte <laughs> Hornets, they get Jeremy Lamb. They re-signed him. Uh, they signed Kadeem Allen, Frank Kaminsky to a two-year deal. Uh, Ab- Abdelay Ndoye and Philippe Dos Anjos. So well, the they Hornets- definitely wanted the names. Hornets staying in mediocrity. Utah Jazz up next. Uh, they signed Derrick Rose, which I could see that happening. Yeah, I don't think he's making three years, fifty-eight million, but we'll Jeez see. Louise. They got Isaiah Thomas, Kayvon Looney, Julius Randle, Cody Martin, and Zillin Cheatham. Not that's a bad a offseason, sweet last name. but that's not a bad offseason for them. I, I don't mind that at all. Looking at the uh, the Kings up next. Uh, they they basically re they basically hauled their uh, front office staff, which makes sense. And then you grab uh, DeAndre Jordan, wow. Avery Bradley, Rajon Rondo, Fletcher McGee, Josh Reeves, Chris Middleton. Wow, that's a squad. That's a squad. I think the Kings, for the Kings Kings are making the playoffs. I think maybe in the West. Look out for the Kings. The Knicks. Um, well, they missed out on all those good players. So, so they then went, they go. Oh, no, get, they got, that's not true. I take they, that back. They got Boogie Cousins. Yep. Emmanuel Mudiay is there still. Costas Antetokounmpo. Thad okay. Young, Enos Cantor, and Billy Preston. Not bad. Although Enos Cantor's probably not going back there. I, that seems unlikely. But not so. Of all, if you're the Knicks, you're probably not loving this offseason. You're like maybe Curry or, or maybe Kyrie. Maybe we get KD. Instead, you settle for Demarcus Cousins on a max deal. We're supposed to get Zion in the draft. Like we've already had two teams that didn't want to sign Boogie Cousins to a max. So of course, who steps in? The Knicks. Next up, we have the Lakers. Uh, they signed Bull Bull to a three-year, $68 million yeah, deal. Yeah, overpaid for the bolster. Uh, Tyreek Evans, Jonathan Motley, Francis Okoro, and uh, Noah Vonley. All right. That is going to be a bad Laker team. Yep. Orlando Magic were busy. Holy, Holy cow. So they acquired Ryan Hamilton from the Thunder to work as their head scout. They waived Jan Mahimi. They waived Awundu. Resigned Vucevic to a huge deal. Uh, signed Ed Davis, signed Yurebko, Joey Baker, Emil Jefferson, uh, Troy Copain, Jarrell Martin, Jerry and Grant, Kem Birch, Joey Hauser. They waved Copain and they waved Emil Jefferson. Yeah, former Timberwolf uh, Emil Jefferson. I liked him, by the way. I wish he would have panned out for us. Uh, next up, we have the Mavericks. So they uh, they re-signed Kristaps to a five-year max. They signed Shake Milton, Alex Poitras. JaVale McGee, Simasola Shulu, Raul Alkins, Theo Pinson, and uh, Charles Bossy, even though it's uh, Bassey, of course, as we talked about. Who And he's not going to be in the league, but kudos to them on getting uh, some depth at the center yeah. position. Whoops. Next, uh, we have the Nets. Brooklyn Nets. They signed D'Angelo Russell, uh, Allen Williams, Bobby Portis, 
Mindaugas, Kuzminskis, uh, and Emmanuel Bates. Which this is not. So I don't think this is likely. Uh, I not. do think that Kyrie Irving goes there, and I do think that D'Angelo Russell probably goes elsewhere. Towns is pushing hard. He is to get D Russ. Yeah, he like. How did so, you? How do you know? Well, see, so I mean, you can just tell. So like, uh, there was a tweet that went out today from GQ, and it it was like D'Angelo Russell on the cover of GQ, and like Towns quote tweeted it with like water emojis, and like. Uh, there was one, like an Instagram story of towns where it said at D loading and it had the eye emojis. So like, I think towns, well, they're trying, best friends. They are best friends. Yeah. But like, I like last season, I didn't see anything like this two seasons ago. I didn't see anything like this. But I'd now love, that, I'd now that he's, him. now that he's got the possibility of being a free agent, I, you see it pop up a lot more. Next we have the nuggets. Oh, by the way, I, and I love that. I hope it happens. Oh, I do too. So uh, next we have the Nuggets. Uh, a very cool offseason for them, actually. Robert Frank signed. They signed Willie Cauley-Stein, Eric Holman, Jaden McDaniels, Juwan Evans, Julian Washburn, Henry Ellenson, and Jonte Porter. So I'm a big fan of the Nuggets uh, transactions, going with some really talented youth players. Yeah. I'm not sure how they signed all those guys, but they must have lost some of the players in free agency. That'd be my guess. Next uh, Indiana up, uh, Pacers. Pacers. They signed Bojan, re-signed Bojan Bogdanovic. They signed Tobias Harris, Jordan Bone, Troy Williams, Jamichael Green, and Sagaba Konate. It's an interesting offseason, but for the most part, it's a meh for me. Next, we have the Pelicans. Obviously, we've got a lot going on. They signed the guy that I like, Shamori Pons, uh, Kai Bowman, Gerald Green, Mario Hazonia, Damian Lee, Wayne Ellington, Jonathan Gibson, and Paul Millsap. So very a very interesting offseason for the Pelicans. You're talking about... Adding Zion Williamson, obviously. Now you add a, a good young prospect in Shamori Pons and Kai Bowman. It's a nice point guard prospect. Veteran talent in Hazonia and yep. Ellington. You got Millsap. You get some good shooting in Hazonia and Green. I mean, you've got some decent options. Adding that, you've already you still have Drew Holiday, and actually, they still do technically have Anthony Davis. So, not quite sure why Paul Millsap signed there, but more power to him. Yeah, that's crazy. Next up, uh, the Pistons. We have Isaiah Whitehead re-signed. They have uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Vince Edwards, Tyus Battle, Herbert Jones, and Devon Reed, and then they rounded out with Luke Cornett. Yeah, that's not a pretty much a nothing offseason yeah. for them. Let's take a peek at the Raptors. Uh, fresh Danny Green re-signing, Wesley Matthews signing, Trevor Booker, Mirza Toledovic, Tyler Lydon, Shaq Harrison. Sean Livingston doesn't retire, and Quinn Cook. So, so both both them go, both them leave the. They signed wow. three point guards wait, wait, and they, three power forwards. They pulled the Durant. They're like, if they I can't did, beat yep. him, you join him. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Which, by the way, uh, I know this, is, but when this actually airs, it's already going to be said and done. But I, someone pointed out something funny. Think about if it went this way. Let's say the Raptors not only lose tonight's game, but let's say they lose the series. And then Ka- in the offseason, Kawhi, the Kawhi leaves and goes to the Warriors. That's exactly what Kevin Durant yep. did. Just let that sink in for a second. That's not going to happen, first of all. But just how crazy it is to think about that's actually what a human being did. I don't know. Crazy. Shaky. Shady. Ne- 100%. So next we have the Rockets. They sign Markeith Morris. They re-sign Austin Rivers. They sign Trevor Ariza and Lance Stevenson. <laughs> sure. They signed Al Farouk Aminu, who I really like. That's a good yep. deal. Uh, they re-signed Kenneth Fareed. More power to you, I guess. I've never been a fan of his. 
you have uh, power forward Joel Bolenby and Tyler Dorsey rounds out that list. Then we have the San Antonio Spurs. So they went out and re-signed Rudy Gay. They signed Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Milos Teodosic, and Ryan Arcidiacono. Arcidiacono. Whatever. I only know that just because I've seen his name pop up a lot with a, when Bulls. When, when he's, a, when he's a more important player, I'll remember his last And this, this Spurs, by the way, not a very important offseason. No. Looking at the Suns. They signed Nas Reed, Emmett Williams, Boban Marjanovic. Boban! Uh, P.J. Dozier, Jonathan Williams, and Trey Burke. So uh, if it weren't for Boban, this would be a pretty meh offseason for me. Yeah. But Boban automatically. Speaking of b- bl- uh, blah offseason, the Thunder, just two moves. They signed Brooke Lopez, and they signed Jacob Wiley. I do like Brooke Lopez for them. Here we go. And now, now we'll go over our moves uh, that we end up going through. So... Our two two-way players, as we talked about, Tyler Davis and Mitchell Creek. Yep, good good pickups. We signed Ricky Rubio to a three-year sixteen mil, or three-year eighteen million deal, which is much more affordable. And sorry, Rick, virtual Ricky, your agent had bad demands, and we lowered them. Yep. Timberwolves. Way we also too lofty. exactly. We re-signed Tyus Jones. There's no way this is an actual deal that he is offered, but he, he re-signed for three years, eight million, which is not going to happen. He'll get more than that. Tyus Jones will get paid. Yep. Uh, Luol Deng, we got him on a two-year min deal, which that could that could happen. That's possible. Jared Terrell, one-year min deal. And then we did sign to a three-year uh, pretty much min deal. We we signed uh, Haywood Highsmith, a.k.a. We're, we're basically having him be a stand-in for Amir Coffee. Yep. Who I actually really hope the Wolves sign on a two-way deal. I, I would love to see I'm all in it. on that. His physicals. Six foot eight, he can he, he very athletic. You're telling me that guy can't play well at the next level? I think he can. He needs time, but I think he can. Doogie's talked about how he's really worked on his shot so far in the offseason. Get me him on a two way deal one hundred percent. And he has come in for a workout. So the Wolves are looking at him and they should. As they should. Uh, uh Trailblazers, they signed Reed Travis, uh re signed Pat Bev and Rodney Hood, signed Jake Lehman, Benny Boatwright, and Maxi Kleba. Pretty good offseason for the Blazers. Just uh, holding on to some of your pieces that you liked. The Warriors, this is one of the most uh, interesting offseasons you'd expect. They signed J.J. Redick. They signed Jordan Bell. Uh, center Nick Ward out of Michigan State. Carmelo Anthony. Jalen Hands. They're doomed. Tyler Cavanaugh. Jeff Withy. Semi Ojale. Dragon Bender. And Brandon Goodwin. They just grabbed a bunch of everyone else's scraps. Basically. And By that's... the way, I someone actually said this recently. There was an article... I think it was I think it was down to dunk again. And those guys, woof, they might want to just fold up shop. They had an article about how the Wolves should bring on Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, absolutely not. I don't want him what anywhere doing? near. I don't even want to see him in Milwaukee. I didn't even that's want him too close to the Wolves. I didn't even want him ten years ago. I don't want him now. Yep. I just I have nothing to do with him. So we round up the list. Last team, take it away, Kev. Why don't you go over the last team? Yeah, that's the Washington Wizards. They signed Daniel Gafford, Eric Paschal, Jeremy Lynn. Kyle Corver, Joffrey Laverne, Zaza Pachulia, Reggie Bullock, Alfred Payton, George King, Chuma Okeke, and Furkan Korkmaz. It's an interesting offseason, and I actually don't mind it considering that's a team that's most likely rebuilding. So yeah, they need a lot of help. Could go a lot worse. Uh, based on all of those moves we talked about, let's take a look quick at the power rankings. NBA.com has the Celtics, the Raptors, the Rockets, and the Sixers leading the way. How the Sixers aren't number one? With Simmons, Embiid, Durant, and Butler? Beyond me. That's crazy. Has the Timberwolves at number seven. I like it. That's not bad. 
Looking at 2K Sports, they go Celtics. Wait a minute, Lakers too? How are the Lakers too? Ish. Click on their team card again. Remind me who they have got. Uh, let's see. The Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, LeBron James, Kyle Kuzma, Bull oh, Bull, Bull then. Brandon yeah. Ingram, Jonathan Motley, Tyreek Evans, Noah Vonley, Darius Garland, uh, Matthew Del Dova, Maurice Wagner, Isaac Bonga. Uh, yeah. yeah, sure. Whatever. That's an overly high ranking for us. They also like the Spurs team. and the Sixers. And they have the Bulls fifth. What's happening? Sorry, 2K. You, your rankings are a little wank there. You're drunk. Go home. Uh, Celtics, Raptors, Rockets, Sixers. We have for Mark Spears. Mark Spears has a seventh. Actually, where's 2K Sports have us? So everyone else likes us. 2K Sports has us 26th. We're going to be better than that. Ish. We're going to be better than that. By the way, this this we did take a new account that we brought on a top defensive coach, which we did, yep. and we have Ryan Saunders as our head coach. Okay, cool. So here we go. We will simulate to the trade deadline, take a look at how the team is doing at that point, and we'll go from there. Now, uh, one thing we didn't actually touch on, and I, we should probably touch on this, is we, we did re-sign Tyus Jones. We did, re, we did actually, I guess you could call it re-signing in a way, Ricky Rubio. We still have Jeff Teague. We did not try to trade him yet. What do you think? Should we try? Should we look to trade him first? I think we should. Let's just see what kind of value he has. I'm good with that. So before we actually start the season, we'll jump into Trade Finder and see if there's anything realistic. Now, a lot of times, 2K does have trades we would like to make. We don't feel they're realistic. And in simulations like this, we do try to stick with a little bit of realism. So the first off, we have Teague and Kata Bates for Tony Snell and Ursan Ilyasova. Not that far-fetched. I won't do it because I'm, I'm, I'm really high on Kata Bates, but something like that could happen, sure. Uh, Tristan Thompson for Jeff Teague in a second. Again, not the worst trade ever for the Cavs. I don't like it for us, though. Yep. Uh, Jeff Teague for Evan Turner. Uh, that's a pretty I, – I, honestly, I don't even hate that trade for the Wolves necessarily. No, and we're not giving up draft picks, so that makes me – Yep. Then we have uh, Kata Bates and Jeff Teague for Kemp Bazemore and Deonta Davis. I'm not doing that. That's not the worst trade in the world, but I'm not doing that. You have uh, Kelly Olynyk and Kyle Anderson for Teague and Bates. I'm not doing that. This is a trade we've actually done in the past, and I don't hate this trade. Jeff Teague and a second-round pick for Bismarck Biombo. I don't hate that. No, I don't either. Uh, we then have – now, this is a trade that's not happening. This is – there's no – well, maybe not. What, would you think this is a trade that's possible? Dante Exum and Joe Ingles for Teague and Kata Bates. I don't think so on the surface. No, I don't – if if I just went through an article that called Joe Ingles part of the core yeah. of the Jazz, then no, Jeff Teague is not get uh, Teague and Kata Bates for Langston Galloway and Courtney Lee. Again, not the worst trade ever. I'm not doing it. Uh, we then have Evan Fournier in a second for a first in Teague. Again, I, I'll give 2K credit. These trades aren't These that are actually unrealistic. A, heck of a lot better than they used to be. A lot of times they, they got a little unrealistic, so that maybe they've altered their trade machine a little bit. I won't do that trade. But not the worst trade. Uh, Mason Plumley for Teague. I I could see this being a trade that gets happened. I could see that. It's not the worst trade. Alan Crabb. Uh, that, obviously, that's not a trade that's possible. Correct, because cause he just got yep. moved. You have the Pistons. Timothy Mozgov in a second for Teague. No. There is there is something to be said about a second-round pick and a center. That's something that's been uh, talked about. Uh, Katie Bates and Jeff Teague for Patty Mills and Jakob Pertle. If the Spurs, depending on the direction they go, this isn't the worst trade. I'm not doing it. No, and I don't see the Spurs doing a rebuild of any time, of any kind. Another trade, actually, this has actually been talked about. So kudos again. Uh, Tyler Johnson for Jeff Teague. I'm yep. not doing this trade. I'd rather just keep Jeff Teague at this point. 
but not the worst trade. No, and, and throwing in the draft picks is so, part of that. looking at what the Wolves possibly could need, I think it makes sense to do this trade. I think we do the Jeff Teague and Bismarck Biamo for in a second-round pick. Are you okay with that? Done. Good with it. So there we go. That's the trade. So let's just go over the roster quick. Point guards, we have Rubio and Tyus Jones. But then, of course, you do have Jared Terrell, who can play a little bit of both. Yep. You have Josh Akogi, uh, Jared Terrell at shooting guard, and then Mitchell Creek. Small forwards, we have Andrew Wiggins, Robert Covington, Lewis King, Katie Bates Jop, uh, Luol Deng, and then, of course, uh, we have Amir Coffey. But again, a lot of those guys are position flexible. At the power forward position, you have Dario Saric and P.J. Washington. And at center, you have Carl Towns, Gorgie Jang, and Bismarck Biombo. Tyler Davis is our two-way prospect. So that's going to do it for our roster. Here we go. We're going to jump ahead to the trade deadline, take a look and see how the team does. You're listening to The Howl on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. All right, so the Wolves are sitting at 23-28. and Uh, Let's take a look at some of the statistics, or even standings, actually. So in the conference, uh, 36-16, and the Thunder are actually leading the way. One of the teams we had talked about that we liked was the Kings. Kings are not good. 20 and 31. They're worse than us. We are 23 and 28. We are right behind. So the Nuggets, we are behind the Grizzlies. Uh, Any surprising teams uh, looking on the list? You have the Lakers are just barely in the playoffs at 27 and 24. Weren't they the number two overall projected team? According to 2K, the Thunder, though, surprisingly, are the team that's really dominating. You know who it is. Tyler Hero. No, it's uh, Brooke Lopez. Yeah, yeah, Brooke Lopez. Will Barton. They have Will Barton. They must have traded for him. Oh, they also have Cassius Winston. And they actually did not keep Tyler Hero. So it is not Tyler Hero. Interesting. <laughs> as they, they do not have him. They're actually starting Terrence Ferguson. That's even more weird. Uh, number two, we have the Rockets. Who, uh, Sure, whatever. They're starting. It's an interesting squad. I don't know. It's Some of the same pieces they already had. The Jazz are third. How about uh, what? Oh yeah, Derek Rose is the starting point guard for the Jazz. Yes, he is. Remember they signed uh, Julius Randall. Julius so th- Randall. Interesting. They still have Derek Favors, but he's off the bench. Wow, not a bad squad. So let's take a look at the power rankings just to get an idea of where the Wolves are now. So NBA.com liked us going into the season. We are now twenty fourth. Two K Sports did not like us, and they still don't like us. Twenty sixth. Nothing's changed. No. Nope. Mark Spears, forever the optimist. Even he is down as he has us at 25. So I would call it a mixed bag, but not really. We're, we're not looking great. Looking at um, – let's look at the statistics we talked about. So player stats, as far as this team is concerned, you're looking at – you're led the way by Towns and Wiggins, although Ricky Rubio's put up some pretty good numbers. 7.1 assists, which is pretty solid, and you're getting uh, 13.1 points. I'd take that out of him. How about steals? Rubio, one and a half steals per game, so he's probably one of the league leaders there. Yeah, that's a that's a solid number that I would take. 1.7 steals per game from Robert Covington, so that's pretty good as well. You're getting very minor minutes from both Jang and Biombo. Tyus Jones, 4.1 assists in very minor minutes isn't too bad. P.J. Washington, our, our draft pick, not really playing a whole lot. Same with Lewis King, he's not doing a whole lot. And either are uh, Dang and uh, some of these other players at the end of the bench. So... Highsmith, a.k.a. Amir Coffee. Yes, sir. So here we go. We'll simulate through the end of this season. Predictions, Kevin. Do we make the playoffs? I think, unfortunately, I think we miss the playoffs, but I think it's close. I don't think we make it. I don't. I, I mean, the West has always been tough. 
it's it's a grind. I don't think we make it. As much as I would love to be an optimist. Yeah, it'd be you know it'd be fun to in a bag to say or in a vacuum to say yeah we're gonna find a way to do it but nope. And by the way, contract extensions nobody is actually able to be extended except for Jang and Biombo. They both would, but we would not. Correct. We did get that nice second round pick though out of that deal, so it's not too bad. You moved on from uh, I'm 100% from Teague. Okay with that. Uh, Biombo was able to probably give you some spot minutes if you have any injuries. Now again, we've turned off injuries in these simulations, but. In real life, if you had Biombo, there could be worse things as far yep. as bench is concerned. Could be a lot worse. For one season, I mean, it's not the end of the world. Looking at uh, how we're doing here, mostly losses, uh, pretty much all losses as far as the second half of the season is concerned. We are sitting at 25 and 34. So, not exactly how we were hoping the season would go. We will do one more season in the simulation. We'll, we'll just kind of cool. quickly go through that. Yeah. But because it, it'd be nice to kind of get an idea just of the future and how this team could look long term. 27 and 36, although actually two wins in a row to 29 and 36. We, st- we still could technically finish above 500, although it is looking very unlikely, especially when we just lost. We got a close loss to the Knicks, and we lost to the Hornets, and we got blown out by the Jazz. Ish. So it's been a, a no little bueno. bit of a, an ugly stretch here, which is unfortunate. We are, so we're going to finish right around like 34, 35 wins. Not terrible. We did just get a, a couple a win against the Rockets, who were the number one team or number two team. Probably already resting all their starters. But then, then of course, you lose to the Hawks. In fact, you 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 let up 141 points to the Hawks. Uh, that's not how you're going to win. 122 to the Kings. Yeah, we're getting we're losing by we're losing to some bad teams. The Thunder, the number one team in the league, we only, we barely lost. But it, I mean, we're going to miss the we're going to miss the playoffs, which is what we thought was going to happen. This team did not pan out as well as I thought it would. I was actually expecting it to be a pretty pretty yeah. solid team. Giving up lots of points. Not a lot of defense. You know, surprising, too, because uh, Ryan Saunders is decent at, at, at defense as far as the coaching simulation is concerned. The, the, the created coach that we had brought in as his uh, assistant, his lead assistant, was good at defense. Looking at superlatives, MVP is Steph Curry. Zion's rookie of the year. No shock there. Sixth man of the year is John Morant. So they have him starting behind Conley. Yep, so Conley is uh, never got Playing traded. Yeah. Conley, I guess. Defensive player of the year is Giannis. Uh, Montrez Harrell's most improved. And Billy Donovan is your coach of the year. First team All-NBA second. Do we make uh, – yep, Carl Towns does make third team All-NBA. Good. Uh, looking at the All-Defensive team, and uh, unfortunately we did not make that list. I thought maybe a Ricky Rubio or maybe you'd get someone else making the squad, like a Robert Covington. Yeah. Rocco's been a good, solid defensive player. And all years. rookie team, our rookies are not playing enough to make that list. Uh, but you look at some of the guys that are on there. Uh, Zach Norvell Jr. with the Grizzlies. You have R.J. Barrett with the Knicks. Reed Travis made all rookie first team for the Blazers. Good for him. And Kobe White, all rookie second team, the guy we really like. Uh, how about this? All rookie second team, it's literally all point guards except for Bull Bull. So Jordan Bowen, Shamori Pons, Carson Edwards, and Kobe White. Interesting, but good for Bull Bull. Any surprises here? So the Bulls were the sixth seed in the East. We talked about how we thought the Sixers would be really good, and they missed. The, no, no, they're, no, never mind. They're the one. They're the one seed. I didn't see their name at first. So they are the one seed. We thought they would be. Don't scare me, Rob. One seed over in the West is OKC. The Warriors do miss. Oh, no, Warriors just squeak in. Normally they miss. Yeah, they're the seventh seed. So they do squeak in just barely. Let's see how this pans out. I think ultimately we're going to see – I don't know. I don't, I don't like the West. I think it's going to be the East. I think an Eastern team wins it all. 100% going to be the East. And, it, and it's 
I would be surprised if it's anybody other than Philly. If it's not Philly, maybe Toronto. I could see maybe Toronto makes a makes a run or the Celtics. They did get to keep Kyrie Irving, and so That's maybe true. if they if they make a, a jump. Looking at so the Rockets just beat OKC, and it's Rockets Jazz in the Western Conference Finals. Philly and Boston. Boston. Wow, Boston. Boston swept Holy the Sixers. Cow. I told you Boston was a dark Holy horse, cow. and the Celtics swept the Rockets in the championship. So Boston Celtics are your champions. Kyrie Irving is your MVP. Actually, surprisingly, so to get to this point, we actually had to simulate season number one. And Kyrie Irving and the Celtics won season one as yeah, well. So back to and back. Kyrie Irving was the MVP. Back-to-back NBA which championships. In, in a scenario where Kyrie Irving not only won the championship but also won the MVP award, I think, yes, Boston probably has a good chance of re-signing him. Yeah. That didn't happen, though. Did not happen. So we jumped to the offseason here. Looking at the league meetings, everything gets rejected. We do go to the draft lottery, which in this instance – we are a member of the draft lottery. We actually are a team that would be a part of this. We have the fifth best odds at the number one overall pick. We, of course, move backwards two spots. Of course we do. That's, now, again, 2K, you're, you're obviously very realistic. We already have all of our staff signed, so we can jump ahead to the NBA draft. Now, this is the actual 2020 draft class uh, brought to you by OES Entertainment. They're the ones that have actually made this draft class. We will jump ahead to our pick here. We are sitting at pick number seven, again, because we did drop two spots. Looking at the players that are available. Now, Gorgie Jang is gone, and so is Bismarck Biombo. Why not grab our guy, James Wiseman? Eight-foot wingspan, it's, it's a no-brainer. Yep, so James Wiseman is the pick. Now we jump ahead to the second round as well, taking a look at who's available at what ends up being pick number 38. And the reason, by the way, it is pick number 38 is because the way the draft works is in the second round, Lottery is not taken into consideration. You yep. do pick where you finished in the second round. Looking at some of the players available, small four, a decent amount of wings are available as far as top tier talent. Uh, this could be an interesting pickup. Anton Watson, six foot nine, seven four wingspan. Although we did just draft Lewis King, so uh, maybe we want to go a different route. He's the best player available, though, as far as uh, as far as players I'm looking at. We have Luther Muhammad. Quentin Grimes is actually a decent prospect. Aaron Wiggins turns out pretty good in some of these simulations. Jericho Sims. What are you thinking? I think just based on uh, best player available, it's Anton Watson. I'm okay with that. Hopefully, he can play a six foot nine, so he can play a little power forward out of Gonzaga. So generally, you're getting pretty good players out of Gonzaga, so that's not too shabby. Let's take a look at the by the way, Brian Antoine was the number one overall pick, and uh, Anton Watson. He is listed as it looks like a small forward uh, only. Although I think he's got to be able to play power forward at that at that height. Yeah, he's yeah. I would seventy five. So seventy five overall is not bad. It's actually, a pretty good number. So Lewis King, Josh Okogie, and Katie Bates all had options. Yes, please. Team options. We pick them all up. Yes, please. Makes the most sense. Uh, looking at qualifying offers, we uh, do we offer Jared Terrell? I'm going to go with no. Well, let's offer it. It's just a, it's one point four five million. I think realistically, he could be in the long term plans. Uh, Tyler Davis, by the way, got better than I've ever seen him get. He is now an 82 overall. Yes, and please. Mitchell Creek uh, is still just a 71. We're not gonna. Uh, sorry, Mitchell. We're we're gonna keep. Uh, we're gonna keep Jared. We're not gonna keep you. Well, you know what? We'll offer the qualifying offer just in case we ran out of money and we wanted someone that realistically could be here. I'm good with that. So at the to the moratorium we go, looking at who would be available for two way prospects. Great name. Guy Dawkins, 
Yeah, you got to offer it just on the name Guy Dawkins. Uh, name alone, for sure. And looking at who else is available, the, a player we usually go after and I think makes sense, we'll go after Jalen Banks. He's a point guard prospect. He is a pretty solid uh, two-way prospect as well. So that'll do it for the moratorium portion of it. Let's take a look at who we have here. So now Darius Saric, we're going to have to re-sign him. Bismarck Biombo, we obviously will renounce him. Jeff Teague, we can renounce that trade exemption. And then we'll see who else we're able to keep as far as players are concerned. Now, we're already at 14 players. But uh, one thing that's nice is if we do re-sign some other pieces, we can look to trade someone if we want to. Yep. It, it's, there's no issue with going over 14. It's just once the season starts, you have to be back down to 15 max. So that's kind of where we're sitting. So free agency, day number one, uh, bird rights. We have Dario Sharage is the only player whose bird rights we have, and we're actually going to make sure we lock him up. We'll get him on a three-year deal. It looks like he's going to be making right around $9 million, I'm great with it that, looks like, Which isn't too bad. Oh, so he's actually going to – he's trying to go to the Suns. So is Tyler, Tyler – so both Tyler Davis and Dario Sharage are trying to leave. We're matching both. Uh, 2K told us not to match on Sharage, but we're going to. Tyler Davis, by the way, got offered a monster contract. Uh, sorry, we're going to match both of those. And we have the room because Bismarck came off the books, and so did Gorgie Jang. So that Thank ends up giving us enough room to be able to sign both those players. Thank God. Makes a lot of sense for us there. So then you have Jared Trell and Mitchell Creek. We are going to renounce the rights to both of them, I think, at this point because we just don't have the cap space or the, yeah, room. the room. We don't have the room. So they're going to be gone. We don't have the cap space, but we don't have the room either. More specifically, I mean, because you could resign those guys to almost nothing. But here's our issue, Rob. Look at our small forward column. We have, yeah, so it says we have seven small forwards, but that's not true because look at some of the guys that they're listed as small forwards. You have Wiggins, who plays the two as well. You have Covington. Covington can play the two. You have guys that are position flexible. I'm not that concerned, but we do have the option to make some trades. So let's take a look and see who they have us listing as small forwards on the roster. So looking at some of the guys, we have uh, Andrew Wiggins, who can play the two. You have Robert Covington, who can play the two. But Lewis King, I don't think, has the flexibility. Antoine Watson, by the way, I think has the flexibility to play some four. So you do have that. KDB Diop plays some four. I'm not that worried. Although the one guy I think we can move on from, I think we trade uh, Luol Deng. And I think we also probably trade Amir Coffey. A.K.A. Hayden Highsmith. Haywood Highsmith. So if we can get rid of both those guys and then we end up bringing in a center, uh, or I mean a, a shooting guard, Funny story, if we try to trade Amir Coffee and Luol Dang, we get offered Daniel Oturu. And a first. But we're not taking that trade because we actually do Ooh, need... Wait, go back. Well, I'm looking to see if there's anyone... Oh, so that's it. So, that's it. All right, so, uh, so Amir Coffee, Luol Dang, and a second-round pick, and the Grizzlies will give us some future picks, which is good. We'll take that. Easily. And then we'll go into free agency and take a look at who's actually available via the shooting guard position. I think that's what we're kind of looking at. Uh, a, a few guys that make some sense. Uh, uh, Alonzo Trier is available. Luke Kennard is actually still available somehow. You have uh, Bryn Forbes. So I think, uh, how, what are your thoughts? I'd like to grab a three-point specialist. I, we have 14 guys. Is that counting our two ways? No. That is not counting two ways. So I think we need, if we're going to, we, we need a shooting guard. Why Fletcher not grab? Fletcher McGee. Who? Fletcher McGee. That's who you want? Yep. Why do you want him? He's short. Why would you not want Fletcher? I mean, he's short. For a shooting guard, he's only 6'4". It's not great. I mean, he's an A, I guess, for shooting. But I, I actually, I think I'd prefer, I'd go after this guy, Joe, Weis, Joe Weiskamp. 
just 20. He's an A plus for three point range. Six foot six, you get that good size. That's what, that. Or otherwise, how about Darius Bertans? I'm okay with that too. Darius Bertans gives you a good mid range and a good three point shooting. Uh, tell me this. Uh, convince me on Fletcher McGee. What is it that you like about him? I just like the fact that he's a, a three point specialist. I mean, he's the guy from Wofford. In the NCAA tournament, he's got the most three-pointers in a season. And he's got a B potential. I'm okay with that. Let's grab him then. I'm okay with that. Grab him on a three-year deal so that we can still get his bird rights. That's one of the issues yeah, we run I'm into right, sometimes. I'm, I'm 100% right there. So far, he is not. There we go. We did get him to sign. Oh, but he was restricted. Kevin. Damn it. I didn't know that. And they matched, so the Kings get to keep him. So now we are back to square one as far as the shooting guards are concerned. Although all the players... Well, not all the players. Some of the players we've looked at before are still available. Uh, the guy I wanted is not, unfortunately, and we can blame Kevin for that. Looking at who else is available. Uh, no, but Darius Bertans. Should yeah, we grab him? Bertans, yeah. Bertans I mean, is this guy. isn't like a long-term thing. You sign him to a one- or two-year deal, and he's able to you know, give you some three-point shooting off the bench. That's all you're looking for. Bertans does sign. That puts us at 15 players, and now we can jump ahead to the uh, start of the next season. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. We are the Howl. All right, so we're about to start season number two, and this will be the final season we do of this simulation. Looking at the Timberwolves roster, we'll go position by position. We still have Ricky Rubio, and we have Tyus Jones, and then Jalen Banks is our two-way player. Shooting guards, Josh Okogie and Darius Bertans. Small forwards, Andrew Wiggins, Robert Covington, Lewis King, Anton Watson, Kata Bates, Diop. Power forwards, Dario Saric, P.J. Washington, and Guy Dawkins. Great name, great haircut. That's a win. Yes, sir. Centers, Carl Towns, Tyler Davis, James Wiseman, and what? Why is he on the team? Did I miss? Oh, okay. Sorry. We lost. We misspoke earlier. I forgot. So this is season two. Gorgie Jang did have one more year. Yeah. We did not. We didn't. We decided not to get rid of him. We we decided not to resign him to a, a longer deal. That's let's, what it was. Uh, let's offer him up as so some trade bait. We miss. We misspoke when we talked about that earlier. That was my bad. I forgot we were only in season two, and so he was still on the team. He's not going to play just given the depth we have. No offers were found for Gorgie Jang. Throw a second round pick. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Or one of the picks we got in, 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 from the uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, let's take a look. So if we give, if we throw out um, a, a pick we got from the Grizzlies, even even okay, wow. Let's try this. Two picks, two first round picks, and Gorgie Jang, and, and nobody wants them. How about three? Will they take three first round picks? Because it doesn't matter. Oh, you can't throw in. You can't do, do the that. second. Nope. Oh, is that it? Oh, because that's too many things, I guess. I think it's too many pieces. You can only I think you can only throw in three things in the trade finder. That's dumb. So Gorgie Jang is so crappy. You know what? Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna drop Gorgie Jang because I don't want his roster spot wasted. Sorry, Gorgie. Even though I, I think he's gonna be a better player in real life, the game doesn't account for that yet. Yep. But I think under Ryan Saunders, I've been pretty impressed with what he's been able to do. Hopefully someone picks him up. Maybe someone will pick Gorgie Jang up, but then we don't have to pay him the money. Looking at free agents, why don't we grab – should we grab another shooting guard just to be safe? Seth Curry. Seth Curry's available. I mean, that's a no-brainer, right? Yeah. Seth Curry. He I bet he to play for us. Especially on the minimum. Well, to be fair, the season's about to start, and he he's not on a team yet. So I guess he would be fine with that. 
All right, so that's awesome. We have a third point guard or a third shooting guard, depending on how you look at it. That's that's way ahead of what I thought we would get Very, right at the start of the I season. I can't believe he was available. In real life, he probably won't be available. No, he won't be. At least not at the start of the season. Um, looking at the power rankings, NBA.com has us fourth. Uh, 2K well, Sports, wow, has us 26th again. It's just default. And we are fourth, according to Mark Spears. So, so there's uh, optimism. You know, we can't rip 2K Sports, by the way. They were correct last time. So, I'm still going to rip them. But they, they had it right. So we're going to jump ahead now to the trade deadline, and we'll see how this Timberwolves team is doing just shortly. All right, so 20 and 31, a little before the trade deadline. Not good. No, we went on a nine-game losing streak at like, one point. How are we this? Like, how we were are we six this games bad? over five hundred, and after that losing streak, let's look we at. I want to look at some under. team stats here. Let's take a look and see what's hurting us. So, uh, how about points against? Right, yeah, points against. We are. Let's see. Um, we're one of the best. Well, so we're one of the best defensive teams. How about points per? Uh, points per, we must be. We must be crappy. That's the only thing I can think of. Yep, we are second to last. We are almost the worst team defensively. What about? I'm mean, sorry, offensively. So differential, differential. We are 25th. Oh, we we stink. What's ha- that's that's very surprising Let's to me. Let's take a look at player stats. Well, wait. Let me let me check out a few other things. So three point percentage. Hawks are number one. That's not really a shock. Clay we Thompson. are almost dead last. So so much for bringing in three point shooters. It didn't yeah, help didn't, us that at didn't all. Go well. How about three point attempts? Like, are we are we shooting many three pointers? Are we not? We are. Yeah. So we're one. Of, we're actually shooting quite a bit. We're fourteenth as far as three point attempts per game. I mean, that's not. What? Are, let's see. How about turnovers? Do you think maybe that's what's hurting us a lot? Yep, we are number one in turnovers. Wow. How? Who's turning the ball over? Well, let's take it. Let's take a look at our yeah. at our player stats. I mean, because Tyus Jones and Ricky Rubio are not turnover. We got to know. It is Ricky Rubio. 3.1 turnovers a game. I don't buy it. 8.5 assists per game, though, I'd take. That's not bad. That's probably top 10. How about, um, let's see, who else? Uh, so Robert Covington's turning the ball over at a pretty alarming rate. James Wiseman? Why is he playing so much? James Wiseman is playing, like, quite a bit. Who's he playing over? So looking at our, well, obviously he's the backup to Towns, I guess. And so he's playing instead of Tyler Davis. Tyler Davis isn't playing much. That's surprising. Interesting. Tyus Jones is taking care of the basketball, but wow, two points per game, 3.2 assists. So he's not playing a whole lot. Seth Curry is not playing. Same with Darius Bertans. You want to know why we're not getting three-point yep. shots? Our two best three-point shooters don't get minutes. That's I gotta, on our coach. I got a bone to pick with Ryan with Ryan Saunders. That's on our coach. That's unfortunate. Well, I let's let's uh, let's just jump into the second half of the season. Uh, Robert Covington, by the way, would resign. So would Kade Bates Diop. But this is our last season anyway, so it's not going to matter. I, I gotta say it. I don't think we're making the playoffs. We're not making the playoffs. I will. In real life, this would be a, a really good squad. Squad. But two K does not does not like this group of this group of players, and or we're not. I'm not sure why. In general, like really, really lengthy. Losing streaks yep. have been a big red flag, obviously. That has not boded well for us. Really unfortunate that it's ha- that it hasn't worked out better better this way. Uh, 88% chemistry. So chemistry's not an issue. No, it's never been an issue. We've hit 92 as our highest. Which 92 is, that's like championship yep. chemistry. 
We just had a nice win against the the Jazz. Uh, we can beat the Jazz, apparently. That's one of the few teams we're able to beat in these situations. Yeah, the Suns, the Pelicans, and the Jazz are the three teams that we should play year-round. Uh, close loss to the Denver Nuggets. We A close loss to the Knicks. And how about, okay, and we blow out the Pelicans. So, sorry, Zion. Another close loss. So, out of the last four games, three of them were lost by six points and then we beat total. The, we beat the Blazers by 25. I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, we, we, this is not a good – I don't know what it is. Tell me. Tell me, Kevin. What's the problem? What am Rob, I missing? I'm looking into my crystal ball, and it says check back later. This is rough. I, you know what? I, I got I to believe the issue is point guard. It's the one position we don't have anyone – now, personally – A superstar. I, I do think Ricky Rubio is the perfect point guard for this team. But those turnovers he's getting, and we're not getting good three-point shooting. That's hurting us a lot. Even though we brought, we brought in three-point specialists. Yep. It's a little frustrating if you ask me. We are actually going to be – I think we're going to end up being worse. We're going to have a worse record this year than we did last year. Six games left. I, mean, I this bet you is, we win three. So we just beat the Spurs, just beat the – wow, the Suns. We almost we, – we blew out the Suns, like just destroyed the Suns. 55 points against wow. the Suns. That's, that's pretty ridiculous. A one-point loss to the Grizzlies. MVP, by the way, so the season finishes 34 and 48. Is that like the same record? That might be. Uh, so MVP was Nikolai Jokic. Okay. Uh, Jaden McDaniels is your rookie of the year. Sixth man of the year again, John Morant. John Morant. Defensive player of the year is Anthony Davis. Most improved is Michael Porter Jr. Good for him. Coach of the year is Brett Brown. Well, surprise, surprise. Because it's have real that tough. Team in yeah, it's real tough being the coach of that team. Cool. All NBA and Towns does not make All NBA. Wow, Jaden McDaniels makes All NBA. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Apparently, uh, All Defensive Team we do not make that list surprise, either. Surprise! And All Rookie uh, James Wiseman does make All Rookie Second Team with Benny Boatwright. So interesting there. And we do how much? Let's how close were we? We were not close. We missed it by eight games. Yeah, we suck. Clippers were the eight seed. Of course, they did have Jaden McDaniels, who apparently is an absolute superstar. So that's going to do it. Uh, to be honest, it doesn't matter too much. Well, we'll, we'll see. Who, who do you think wins it? Boston. I'm going to go with – I think it's going to be an Eastern Conference team I'm going to say Boston wins it again. I'm going to say Philly. I'm going to pick Philly to win it all. Although they're having a tough time in the first round. All right, they're Ooh. still in it. They almost, lost, they almost lost to Orlando in the first round. They're now taking on – uh, the Bucks in round two, and they're looking much better. All right, so they moved on. Boston versus Philly in the Eastern Conference Championship. Philly's up 2-0. Boston's fighting back, though. Ooh, 3-1 Philly. Yeah, Philly's Jeez. in the championship. Philly's taking on the Thunder, and, wow, Philly's going to get Not swept. Close. Philly got swept who by the Thunder. Who? Paul George is your MVP. Who else do they have? I, I, this is ridiculous. Uh, Paul George, Bull Bull, Russell Westbrook, Will Barton, Harry Giles, uh, Jeremy Grant, uh, Hamadou Diallo, Jacob Wiley, and Brad Wanamaker. Uh, Chike Diallo, Cassius Winston, uh, I don't know who this is, and Muhammad, and I don't know who Jay Baker is. Click on the player card. It is Joey Baker. Yep, I don't know him. But there you go. The Thunder in year two of this of these Sims. Uh, Thunder sweep four games to zero. And I think that's uh, a, as good a time as any to end this segment. We do have more 2K information coming up for you. Probably going to have some stuff on the finals as well. 
uh, coming up on the Howl. And this is Dash Radio's Nothing on that channel.